This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald's. Uh, question for you, Damon, from friend of the show, Kyle, who made us go to Bad Luck Farley's pre-rescuing party in Tokyo earlier this year. And Kyle asks you, how did Damon pull up after Saturday night? It sounded like oh. he enjoyed one or two beverages in a responsible fashion. <laughs> I did not. Is, is, is the, the litigation still ongoing with Kyle? Is he still suing us? Apparently, but I was trying to make amends. I was trying to, uh, trying to uh, uh, cross bridges, as they say. Did they say that? Nobody says that. Um, yeah, so here's the deal. So Saturday, um, I had a free day like during the day and I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, because it was like a family birthday thing and like, but they like going to spas and shit and, you know, I was, you know, I didn't have to go, which was nice. Um, so I had a free day, so I didn't know what to do with myself. So it's like 11 o'clock, and I'm like, I, the only thing I know to do is to drink. That's the only thing I know how to do. Like, I don't, I did, I, like, the, my normal routine was totally shut. So I start making the, the texts round, and I had my, uh, my best friend, he was going to a concert at night, but, but it was like, I don't know, it was like Alice in Chains and shit. And I was like, I'm not seeing Alice in Chains. You're going to pay me to see Alice in Chains. Um, and corn, like, ugh. Um, so he's like, well, hit me up after the show. Like, I'll hit you up and we'll get together. I was like, all right, cool. But now I got, I still got a million hours ago. Anyway, long and the short of it is, is that, uh, I texted, uh, Mackie and he was like, yeah, all right. He's down for anything. Like, he was like, it's like, if I text him, he's like, all right, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm down. So yeah, I wound up Saturday was pretty hard. Saturday wasn't the problem, Joel. Sunday was the problem. Yesterday was a problem. I, it's 11 o'clock. I'm like, oh, I'm so dead. And uh, I slept from 11 o'clock to about 3. And then I slept from about 9 o'clock to when I just woke up now to do the show. So it, I was fun. All right, so we're going to get some very hungover G1 takes. Today. <laughs> no, 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 no. That hungover was yesterday. I'm I'm in the clear now. No, well, you were hungover when you were watching. The oh G1. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's or good. You, yeah, yeah, because I was talking like I was like, like there was no way I was going to get out of the house, so I had to do something. So it was like, all right, I'm going to watch these shows. You know what I mean? I like it was like, it, it was all done for, almost for a purpose. But anyway, for with Kyle and Claire, so yeah, we decided we were going to FaceTime them. Now I don't know if you know this, Joel, but there's a, t- a slight time difference between New Jersey and Australia. <laughs> Yeah, and China. I, I had noticed, yeah. It's come up once or twice. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah, we're. it was like probably, it was early. They, like, the first time we did it, we were like, we realized there was a time difference, like idiots. And we were like, oh, we should probably shouldn't have done that. But then they called us back, and then we were goofing. And then it was just the normal nonsense of, come on, Kyle, show me your boobs. And Kyle shows us his boobs. It's nice. <laughs> it's very, I don't know. We're weird. Um, nice, yeah. wholesome fun there. Yeah, it was just, just a good, clean, glad fun. Uh, and but yeah, he's a, they're great. Claire and Kyle are fucking tremendous. And uh, actually, we hit up Fumi too. It was, 
Oh, so we were just drunken nonsense. So, yeah, if you ever get a late night call from me, know that. No, I was going to say, where's my call? Uh, you don't really want it, honestly. Left out. Because honestly, the next day, I feel terrible. I do. I feel like, oh, why did I do that? You know what I mean? You're just like, Ugh. you know, I don't know. I never feel good afterward. Um, but you don't, you don't want that. You don't want that 11 o'clock p.m. text. You don't trust me. Nobody wants it. So, uh, it was for the better, but yeah, we had a good time, and uh, but yeah, it was it was drunken nonsense. So we, everything's okay now. We're ready. We got plenty to talk about, I'm sure. First question. Oh no, this is the second question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Booze Leprechauns has sent us this article, and the headline is: Philadelphia Phillies sue to keep beloved fanatic mascot from free agency. Can you tell us a bit about this, please, Damon? Well, yeah. Um, apparently. The all right, so the Phillies are the baseball team for those who do not know, uh, in the area, and they have this mascot. It's probably the like when you think of sports mascot, Zythantiops. What's that? It's Zythantiops. I don't even know. I'm going to send you this video later. It's going to make no sense to you, but <laughs> carry on. I'll, I'll show you later. Uh, no, I mean, listen, when you think of sports mascots, first top of the list is the fanatic, right? I mean, do you, let me ask you this do you know who the Philly fanatic is? Yeah, but I I know it by the name Zythantiops. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna send this to you now. Wait, is there somebody ripping um, off the Philly gonna... fanatic? <laughs> let me just send it to you. Oh It'll my be God. Qu- quicker than me uh, yeah. explaining it. So this is from uh, a British comedy series called Look Around You, okay. and the clip that I want you to watch is I well, I've sent you the timestamp for it. So if you click on that, it should go straight to the bit I want you to watch. It's about. 30 seconds long and it it features the mascot we're talking about so the if it doesn't load up the correct timestamp, we want to start about three minutes 19 seconds all right well i'm looking at philadelphia right now from the 70s it looks like there's the art museum area all right or i'm looking at crayons i'm looking at families walking around oh there's the old veteran stadium that was the old baseball stadium in the philadelphia i've been there many times TJ Nottingham on the hill. Oh, I guess the Pirates. There's a fanatic. That what is that? That they call it Zythantiops. Right. That's not. That's the fanatic. That's the Philly fanatic. Um, No, it's not. It's Zythantiops from the Pennsylvania Pippins. You must be confused. Well, they must be confused. I know Pennsylvania is usually famous for its pencils, but also for the Pennsylvania Pippins and uh, TJ Nottingham. What's yeah. the second guy's name? I don't name? even think they're real people, though. Like, I don't, I don't remember ever, ever any of them. What are you? Do you mean to tell me that you guys don't enjoy watching the Pennsylvania Pippins play baseball every Monday and Wednesday? <laughs> no, I don't. TJ Nottingham, Sonny Thompson, and Zythantios. Oh, uh, no, I think, I think they got it wrong. I think they might have missed the mark on this one because um, I believe, I believe, you know, I, I wonder if I can name the pitcher. Let me see. Let me go back. All right, uh, all right. Looking around, you special report. I know this whole area where they're filming. This is the art museum. There's the, there it is, right straight ahead. The Rocky. That's where Rocky ran up the steps. Um, all right. That that's now. See those pencils. Um, I know they're joking about, but uh, I think th- that might be like the Crayola crayon factory. You know, you know, Crayola crayons. They're made. Like right around not, in Philly, not in oh, Philly, a little it, bit well, outside, but, but like in the area, it's okay. like you could drive there. Um, all right, here we go. All right, let me just see if I can name the player. 
Nobody can, everybody listening to this is like, what the fuck? All right, let's see here. Baseball legends. All right, that was, that could have been Dick Ruthven, actually. All right. No one cares. Uh, uh, sort of fanatic, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, apparently the, the baseball team doesn't own the rights to the to the mascot. And there's some there's some scuttlebutt saying that they uh, there's a lawsuit apparently and all this stuff. It was just crazy to me. It's crazy. It's, it's, here's the thing. It's just about money. Everything's about fucking money. Don't you hate it, Joel? Everything is about money. It's unbelievable. Like I was sitting in bed, drunk, mind you, um, thinking about like our. I mean, not to get too political here, but our country's just ridiculous gun policy thing. Of course, we had another shooting. We had two shootings. Oh, I can't wait for this. Two, yeah. We had, okay, we go had on. Two, Let's hear it. We had two fucking shootings again. But here's the thing. Everybody's so numb to it. Everybody's just like, mm. because the day when somebody walked in and shot up a school, right? That was the day that, you know, you knew it was, okay, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, all bets are off. Oh, yeah, yeah whatever. But did you yeah. give your thoughts and prayers? Oh, of course I did. Why wouldn't I? Because that's the only thing you can give, uh, besides lobby. Okay, well, I'm glad that sorted then. <laughs> right, Never right. going to happen again. Right. And uh, right. let's move on. Right, right. I mean, but if I'm sitting here in bed, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so depressed. I'm like, it's it's all about like lobbyists and, and just nonsense. And just like, I just, I don't understand it. Like, what the fuck is going on? And now, to make matters worse, the fi- fucking Phillies and, the, and, and, a, and, a, and a stupid mascot made for kids you know what I mean? Because it's a it's a money churning machine. They gotta everybody's gotta get their fucking hands in the pot. It's unbelievable. It's a fucking green felt jizz bag. <laughs> it's, it's it's not it's not even humorous at this point. It's like who gives a shit? Like what? Who's making money off the fucking? It's a fucking kids thing, and everybody's got their hands in their pockets. Get the fuck out of here! I'm sick of it. Bring back Yuppie. Nobody, the Montreal Expos. Uh, I I just hate it. And here's the thing, too, Joel. Can we just go to a fucking game at this point and watch a game? Why has it got to be a constant barrage of things happening? There's not a stoppage of play in anything where there's not noise and music and people shooting fucking T-shirts and hot dogs and people running around like lunatics. Just fucking watch the game. Can we watch the game? Nobody's watching the game. Game secondary. Fucking fanatic soon. I get that. I'm sick of it. Now, now I'm all riled up. <sighs> well, I'll cheer you up because I've got some good mascot news oh, to good. counteract the bad one. <laughs> right. And you'll be delighted to hear that the Arsenal mascot, Gunnosaurus, mm-hmm. has won the Football Mascot World Cup. And oh. Gunnosaurus beat Kingsley, the Partick Thistle mascot. Oh. I'm going to send you a picture of Kingsley, the Partick Thistle mascot. And I want you to <laughs> describe to the listeners... What you can see, what the, the yeah, just talk, talk to us about Kingsley. Oh, right. Kingsley's a hunk of shit. This thing is horrible. <laughs> this is it's a fucking. It is a a sun, I guess. It's the sun. Is that what this is? Is that what I'm looking at? I don't know. It's horrific. Yeah, it's, and the guy's fat. Nightmare like, fuel. Yeah, the guy's not for nothing. The guy's got a big fucking front side. This is shit. Ah, uh, and, the, and the and the and the and the Liam Gallagher unibrow. This is the most. Hor- hor- this is horrible. This is a horrible mascot. 
Honestly, can I show you another one? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I like this new impromptu segment of Damon critically assessing uh, football mascots. This one's shit. So this is the West Bromwich Albion mascot called Boiler Man. Boiler Man. He's a fucking. Okay, Michael. tell us what you can see. This is sh- this is a box. This is somebody. This is somebody in a cardboard. This is like your kid when you buy a refrigerator and you're like, "All right, Johnny, go play with the fucking box," and he turns it into something. This is exactly what this. Is. It is a square. With a belt to kind of resemble some kind of fucking knobs and buttons. And a guy in the worst pair of trainers. Like, literally, these things are older than than Joel and my age combined. This is horrible. What the fuck? I mean... uh, Jesus Christ. How? What marking... Oh, there's another one. Joel's firing okay, so a boiler. We've got a low score for Boiler Man. So, well, let, me, let me give the rest of the boiler story. Boiler Man so, uh, stinks. Gunnosaurus got 56% of the vote against Kingsley to secure victory, his very own first World Cup title. Gunnosaurus had to beat FC Mets dragon mascot Greyu in the quarterfinals, was only able to squeak through 52% of the vote before thrashing West Brom's Boiler Man in the semi final. Uh, the unofficial competition is run by Twitter account at Mascot Silence that saw over 50, 53,000 people vote in the final. I was just sent you a picture of Gunnosaurus. So, aside from the fact that Gunnosaurus clearly has got uh, a weight problem, what are your thoughts on Gunnosaurus? Uh, don't we all? Um, I mean, it's, it's a, of, the, of the three that you sent, it's the best. Uh, I mean, at least worthy winner of the football mascot World Cup. Yeah, would you say? Compared, com- compared to first those, com- compared to those other two, just hunks of shit. Uh, yeah, that son is terrible. I mean, it's literally a guy in yellow, like track pants, like sweatpants, and a son that I'm telling you what I've. I know I could go to any grade school across my great country and they would make something it's it's not even proportioned like the the, the eyes are who made this there's the, there's no like iris or pupil in the eyes they're no. just these kind of soulless big white terrifying yeah. eyes and it's got a unobrow yep and a weird sort of piggish nose. And, and the teeth are fucked up. A, even a the mouth teeth are just sort up. of hanging over. <laughs> like the teeth are even fucked it's up. It's horrible. It really is. I don't like it. No, I, it is the worst. It is the... Let, let it, I'm going to... Uh, listen. What, what team is this? What team What team do we know? What, what? Um, it's Partick Thistle. They're a Scottish team. All right. Well, if you're a supporter of Partick Thistle, you got to look at that and be like, oh, how fucking embarrassing. Right, you got to look at that and be like, I, I can't. Does that does that mascot get egged? Does it get like? Uh, it's got to get hassled. I mean, you can't. I can't imagine going to a like. That's not like the, the the Premier League of Scottish football, is it? Like that. Like that's got to be like B League, right? I can't I'm imagine. Not sure what division Partick Thistle are. Let's have a look. All right. This is what the listeners have come here for, discussion of um, <laughs> right. Scottish Shitty, low league football. Shitty B-league they Scottish are, football. <laughs> they are sixth in the Scottish Championship. So I think that's the, the league that's below okay. the Scottish Premier Division. All right. Uh, I mean, even, even as B-league teams go, this 
nobody's happy with this. Nobody, nobody. This is this is somebody. Honestly, this is somebody, someone drunk in the parking lot is what this is. You know what I mean? Like this is somebody who created this. Uh, if, if the game's on a Sunday afternoon, they created this at best Friday night over many a pint. And they're like, I'm going to show up at the fucking sun, dude. And they're like, no, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. And he shows up with the, this. Is, this is, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Right? You know what I mean? Like, this would be something that they would wear. <laughs> like, this is crazy. This is, I, I mean. What? <laughs> what do you think the mascot should be for the Super J cast? Um, <laughs> Giant bag of crisps. Giant yeah. strong zero. Yeah. An over, worse. an overweight forty-year-old guy with a with a strong zero and a bag of crisp, <laughs> crying in a corner. <laughs> that should be it. <laughs> that should be it. So, artists, get to work on that. Yep. 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 We'll, get the costume ready for January fourth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I just, I mean, Joel, if you supported that team, you 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 could not. That cannot be a a a, a, a symbol of pride for you, right? You can't be. Like like marching down the streets with your fucking flares and your 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 flags and all that nonsense that all you guys do, uh, you can't be doing that with any sort of pride or gusto and having that lead the march, <laughs> going down the streets leading the march. Yeah, the only use I could think would be to give nightmares to the opposition, but mm. uh, aside from that. Oh. Bad mascot. Bad mascot. Very bad mascot. All right. Well, where are we going? All right. That's uh, <laughs> 17 minutes of top quality content. Yep. Um, so wrestling stuff. We've got Super J Cup, people. Some names have been announced for the Super J Cup. We have Yo, Bushi, Amazing Red, Karistico, Taiji Ishimori, Ryusuke Taguchi to join the previously announced names of TJP, Show and Dragon Lee. So what do you think about those names that have been announced? I like it, man. I mean, here's the thing. What I really like is, is, okay, again, you know that you were going to get, obviously, your your heavy New Japan-focused um, juniors. You were going to get working relationship with New Japan, your CMLLs, even your Ring of Honors and so forth. But you know, it seems like they're dipping their, their hands in other places too. And I like that. Um, and, and, and the names that are being announced aren't necessarily names that would be, at least in, in my mind, top of the list, right? And I think more names will be announced. I, if I'm not mistaken, even this week, you'll, we'll hear more. I think it sounds pretty good. I mean, look, I don't want to say it's a throwaway. And I don't want to say it's a thing to bide the time um, in between shows, in between big shows. But, you know, I don't want to, and I definitely don't want to say it just gives the junior something to do. I think it's more than that. I don't know. It it seems pretty pretty interesting to me. It's more interesting with the names that they've already announced. I'm sure there'll be more, and I'm sure there'll be even more surprises. I just like the way, I just like the way it feels. It feels somewhat, I'm looking, 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 did I just say? Listen, <laughs> licking, licking, Finger Joel. licking good. Licking, licking. Um, I'm a maniac. Uh, they had an opportunity before when they resurrected this. And it was one of the more disappointing things New Japan has had their fingerprints on in the past. Was that when you nearly got cancelled? Yeah. Because of your, 
Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even say anything bad. I was that was amazing. Like I didn't even say anything bad. I, I it was it was one of those moments where it was just like like it was one of those moments where which normally happens where one person hears one thing or heard somebody say that we said one thing and it just took off from there where no one listened and everybody's just like oh blah, 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 you know and it was just like ah oh, come on you didn't even listen that's not even what we said um and it was such a th- i don't know whatever yeah yeah um but i think i really think that at at every point of of a show's life that they have moments like that like you haven't really made it <laughs> and i put that in air quotes until something like that happens um Anyway. Yeah, I, I see to well, I suppose in the first sort of six months, I did it quite often. I think I'm getting slightly better at avoiding it, but only slightly. I'd say <laughs> we're not. We're gonna get we're slippery gonna get, slope, Damon. It is. We're gonna get hammered by mascot fans. You know, <laughs> how can you say that about Sun Guy or whatever the fuck his name is? Um, Kingsley. Kingsley. My bad. Kingsley. Is it Kingsley? Uh, no, I'm thinking of something completely different. What's that show that's on USA Network that used to be on before Raw? Everybody knows. I forget. I don't know. They would always do the lead. <laughs> the wrong person. Oh, it was the most annoying show on earth. Um, what was my point? Oh, Super uh, J Cup. Uh, they had an opportunity. It w- it it shit the bed. Um, it really wasn't that great at all um, across the board. It was like a match or two. I think the biggest takeaway from that was Tomato. Remember Tomato? We haven't seen much from Tomato. Uh, I just remember tomato, but yeah, it was it was not a good time. It was not a good time in New Japan, and it was not a good time in uh, Purecast Super J Camp, Super J Cast Land. Um, no, don't drag the Super J Cast uh, yeah, down. That, right, that was right. Okay, that was the uh, okay. I won't. Um, hey, listen, you you got to take the good with the bad. You come along for the ride. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got nine names announced for this, so you think if it's going to be. Well, we're looking at a single elim- elimination tournament. It was 16 names, so another seven to come. So um, excited to see who else is announced for this. And I bet all of those guys would love the chance to wrestle Amazing Red because a lot of these guys and the kind of style that they wrestle, they owe a lot to yeah. Amazing Red, who was a pioneer when he was busting out his high-flying arsenal back in the day. Yeah. I saw him a lot on the East Coast back in the day. Yeah, he did a lot of... Uh... CZW, he did a lot of um, Rig of Honor. Um, and then it, he did a lot of TNA too, right? Yeah, yeah, he did in the X Division. Yeah. Really good stuff. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are, 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 are happy to see that. And to get in a ring with him too. It's good. You could, I know he hasn't been announced yet, but someone like Will Ospreay would just be chomping at the bit to mm-hmm. have a match with Amazing Red so he can just bump like a lunatic and... Um, I'd say pay him back for the inspiration that he's given. He he, he mentioned him specifically, if I'm not mistaken, at uh, the press. He did and he, he did, yeah. yeah he did tribute spots. Uh, there was someone who did a code red on the ramp or something. I, I think it was Will Ospreay, but yeah, he, he did shout him out specifically. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, listen, I I know we talked about it last week, like Will doing all these tournaments and doing all these things. You know, you kind of want him to stay home and rest up a little bit, but he's not. So, okay, let's give him let's 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 let him kind of check off some boxes and have some fun and um, live out some dreams. There's not many people I think that he can he where he could do that. You know, that are active in the ring, right? I mean, 
you know, if you look at his body of work and who's influenced him, I, I feel like he's been in the ring with just about all of them, right? You figure Ray. You figure, I don't know, maybe like a psychosis or something like that or I don't know. But most of the Japanese guys, I feel, I feel like he's already been in the ring with. So, yeah, this is just something he can check off the box. It's good for him. I, he'll be in it. We all know it. But, yeah, I, I, I like it when they're, they're able to do that, when they're able to kind of – and, you know, it's just like, again, living out the, the fantasy and checking off the box of, of wrestling a guy that they grew up watching. I think it's a good thing. Let's move on to the G1. Uh, Ludy Man says, what's everyone's voices of wrestling pick-up standings? Uh, Damon is rock bottom because he didn't <laughs> enter. And it's going to be uh, funding my strong zero consumption over the course of two Wrestle Kingdom shows. I am in 62nd place. That's not that bad. 43 points. It's not. The, the leader's got 51, so I'm quite well off the top. But 62nd is not bad out of... Uh, let's see how many there are at the bottom. 842. Oh. So the problem is that for my finalists, I had Tanahashi and Naito. And Tanahashi's already out. So I'm going to drop down uh, quite rapidly, I think, when the block finals are out. But um, there we go. Let's see who else do we know who's yeah, we know near the top. Um, we have uh, TJ from our Discord is in 11th. Nice. That's pretty good going. 11th. That's pretty uh, great, actually. Yeah. I mean, you figure yeah, so TJ's got forty-six points, so yeah, five points off the top. But I mean, and a lot of crazy has shit picked. has gone on. I mean, I mean, that's that's not easy to do. And like, he's got it. How yeah. the fuck did he pick? How do you how do you do that? You just you just taking names out of a hat at that point, right? There's no fucking way. I might just do that next year. I know I, I couldn't, <laughs> but do he's it. also picked Naito Tanahashi, so he's going to have the same problem as me. Okay, so I think people who. Well, okay, we'll come on to talk later, but I'm, I've got a pretty good idea who I think the final's going to be. Uh, but yeah, 62nd place. Not bad. Not too shabby there. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Who are, anybody else you um, recognize? I'm joint 62nd with uh, Taman Singh's Tai Chi's theme song, <laughs> Joel's Bathroom Door. I don't know. What is this Joel's Bathroom Door? Is that is that about me or... Another job. I don't know. Can't remember anything interesting happening with my bathroom door. No, I mean unless people hear it as somebody's walking. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I mean, it's not me. I don't think I that's don't, referring to me. All right. All right. Maybe it's bathroom door. I don't know. Uh, what else? Anybody right, else? We moving know? on. Oh, I want to hear names. I, like, I love hearing the names. You want to hear other names? I mean, I don't want to hear um, all. Give me. Give me. I don't recognize anyone. No. Yeah. <laughs> Would you want me just to read out funny names? Yeah, I like to laugh. Clean Street Keanu. Okay. Um, what else have we got here? <laughs> oh, I, there's some of these days are making me laugh, but they're just proper names <laughs> that have just sort of tickled me. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, top Shagaboo because it's not gonna it, it won't let me see the full names because oh, the no. columns are only they've got a restricted column width, oh. so I can see like the start of something funny, but the rest of it's sort of cut <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll get a hold of Rich Creech. Get him to fix that. You know, it's not like he's not working hard enough. He could fix that, right? I love it when people Tyler, complain. I've just spoke Tyler. He's in the 100th place. Oh, yeah, yeah. He hates doing organizing the pickums. Oh, I'm sure. It's got to be a nightmare for him. People complain. How come the how come the standings aren't up yet? Ugh. Imagine uh, hearing that all day People long. submit their pick Hey, sorry, I picked all the wrong people. Can you fix them for me, please? <laughs> right, right, right. It's night eight. Somebody submits a fucking form. <laughs> 
right. Okay. Good one. I love that tweet when I see that. When he's like, yeah, good try there, uh, jerk off. <laughs> Unbelievable. I've got 160, 165th place. Joel's love of puro ero. So maybe pure eroticism. Oh. I assume that's what it's going for there. Nice. I need to know what these are. I know. Rich, now... help me out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Rich. Come on, Rich. Jesus Christ. Run a good, decent fucking pool. <sighs> Mascots, pools. We're all over the fucking place today. <laughs> well, we've got so much G1 somewhere. We've got four fucking shows to talk about. Half an hour is just nonsense. Um, <clears throat> one thing I want to talk about from the undercards, because I was watching the backstage interviews. Oh. Suzuki, he's finally broken his little vow of silence. He speaks. He says that he delivered a message to the world, but New Japan is pretending they don't hear it. The wrestlers are acting the same way. There are a few days left of the G1. The day when they finally accept his message, everything will be clear on that day. Um, so he's either quoting Edge's theme song or he's got something up his sleeve. What Do, do you think he's just ranting in that sort of empty, angry, professional wrestler rhetoric? Or do you think there is an end game to his sinister words here? I mean, look, you got a guy who is well-rested. He's working you know, only a handful of tags. He's not, it's not even like he's on every single show. Uh, he's well rested. He, uh, he, I believe he's still a name. I believe he could still draw. I believe he could still, uh, for that one night when you need him to go, he can go. So he's an ace up new Japan's sleeve at this point. He's a guy in the background that, you know, with G1 going on, and everything that, that surrounds G1, everyone's focus is elsewhere. And when he returns and when he comes back and when he uh, makes a decent splash, again, it's an ace up the sleeve. So, yeah, I do think I, – I, I truly believe that they have something up their sleeves, and I'll say up my, the sleeve analogy one more time, uh, with him. I really do. Um, and I think before the end of the year – We'll see something with him. I don't know if it's going to be a big program, but I think it's. I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him either intercontinental or uh, heavyweight championship um, shot. Something along those lines. I just think there's too much. I think there's too much kind of brewing in the background. And again, it. I feel like it's really, really odd that he's taken all this time off, and now we're stirring the pot again. No, I think. I think there's something up their sleeve again. Yeah, um, a few people have speculated that it will be Royal Quest because he's a guy who's very popular in Britain. Um, Suzuki versus Okada is a match that the Japanese audience has seen quite uh, quite a lot, but the British audience hasn't. So you're not burning a big money match with that. And people have speculated about some of the G1 people who have, well, there's only one, Sanada. Uh, Sonata possibly challenging at Royal Quest but I think that's a match they want to keep in Japan I think that's a match they want to keep in Tokyo because I'm not sure about the uh, international appeal of a guy like Sonata yet so I think if we're looking ahead there Sonata Okada probably saving that for maybe Destruction maybe King of Pro Wrestling and Suzuki possibly Royal Quest I think it'd be a good shot right I mean I, I mean that's a that's a like you said, you're not necessarily burning anything at that point. Um, it's a guy who, dare I say, beloved. <laughs> when he goes over there, the, the fans, you know, they they salivate over him. 
Um, and yeah, I, he had that run with the um, RevPro title. Yep, so yep. Um, people were very keen on him over there. Yep, and you know whatever tickets are remaining over there, if they announced uh, here's the thing, I, I really feel like if, if if they get the minute they announce the title match, and and I think all signs point to the fact that they are getting a title match. Um, whether it's Suzuki, whether it's Sonata, and again, I agree with you, I don't think it's a Sonata in this case. I think they keep it in Japan, but whatever they do announce, um, that's going to that's gonna sell whatever remaining tickets are there. It's my understanding that it is an ass hair away from selling out. So um, I think when they finally announce that, that championship match that you kids are getting over there, um, I think those other tickets will move very briskly. Tuesday, July 30th, we had G1 Night 11 in Kagawa, the Takamatsu City General Gymnasium. So skipping straight ahead to the block matches. In the A block, we had Kota Ibushi defeating Bad Luck Farley in 9 minutes 27 with Kamagoi. Uh, Damon, this was crap. What did you think? <laughs> this, was, this was a disappointment. I mean, considering you were hoping Ibushi would be able to pull out a fucking miracle. But as we have said before, the deeper that we get into this G1 with Fale matches, the, the the more shit shenanigans, bullshit, smoke and mirrors that we're going to see because, you know, he's going to be out of gas soon. Again... They're having I, a night off, weren't they? I mean, I hate to say a night off, but it just... it Nothing... You, you can't blame them. That's not a criticism. They, yeah. Everyone needs a night off, and this was theirs. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have Yano in your block, you got to use Fale as your night off. I mean, right? I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think that's a that's a that's a terrible statement. Um, they just couldn't pull it off, and and yeah, it was this one. I mean, you got to put this one in the bucket of uh, let's not do this again. Um, we did see a, a nice flying kick from Martius Army though to yeah uh, break up the thingy. <laughs> yes. That's probably the best part of that <laughs> match. He showed more work rate than both of them put together. Was this the worst match of the of the, of the uh, tournament? Yeah, for me it was. And I've been um, defending Farley. I thought his early output in the tournament was good, but now I can't say that anymore. I think I'm done with Farley in the G1, and I think New Japan look like they're done with it as well. He, this is not the guy. Like, look back to 2017. He got 12 points, and he was a tiebreaker away from winning his block. Now, he's just... How many wins has he got? Seven two? in two years, right? It was it, was, it isn't something like that? Did I see something like six in two years with all the DQs last year? And Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, they're not making any effort really to protect him anymore, are they? So I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, sitting out next year. I wouldn't be surprised either. All right, our next match then was uh, Zack Sabre Jr., defeating Will Ospreay in 20 minutes with hurrah another year surely this one will be better than the last the inexorable march of progress will lead us all to happiness I thought this match was great two of my favorite wrestlers I enjoyed the opening they had a really good grappling contest and I know some people were not keen on the middle part but I found it quite compelling seeing Zach working over Osprey's neck it made sense given the story going into the match and there were some really cool reversals going into the end there was the Os Carter reversed into a choke there was the hidden blade counter into a, another submission attempt there was a shooting star press into an armbar crowd was 
strangely dead for the majority of the match, but they did pick up towards the end, and I like this one. I love this match. I really did. Um, I thought it delivered. Uh, I was I didn't leave disappointed, uh, and, and and that middle stretch that you talked about, I I was enthralled to be quite honest with you. I really liked it a lot. Um, I, I think they have good chemistry. I think they, uh, I mean, they know each other pretty well from back in the day. That no, I mean, I, anybody who complains about this match, I I, I would love to have a one on one convo to kind of see where they that where it's not hitting the mark. Because I, I fell in love with this match. I thought it was one of my favorites of the tournament to, to date. Um, I wouldn't put it in the top three, but I thought it was really fucking great. Um, what What's your take on the idea of Will needing to have more wins in G1 to make it impactful? Because I've heard that scuttlebutt about where... The performances have been outstanding, but the point total makes makes those performances a little bit insignificant. And you had a guy who's red hot. Why not make him a little bit more of a of a focal point in G one? I disagree with that. I think it's all riding on that final match with Tanahashi. If he beats Tanahashi at Budokan Hall, then he's a made man. Even if he doesn't beat him, even if they just go out and have a tremendous match together, I still think Will gains a lot from that. So I don't have a problem with the way he's been booked at all in this G1. Do you think- the only slight question mark I have about Will Ospreay, do you think there's a danger of him being overexposed? Are we seeing too much Will Ospreay this year? It's a good point. I mean, again, we do we do talk about the fact that He's in everything. He's participating in everything New Japan has. And we haven't even seen the junior tag. And, you know, if we're bringing back Robbie Eagles, it feels like he would be the perfect partner, right? Um, look, I'm never going to complain that I see too much good wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to sit here and say, oh, another great match. Ugh. I don't think so. Um no, I I don't I wouldn't say overexposed. Um, I, but there I, were, I I mean to your point earlier, when we finished that best of the Super Juniors, and we had Osprey looking like one of the biggest stars in the world after that incredible match with Shingo, and both him, both Osprey and Shingo, even though Shingo lost, he still felt incredibly special. Both of them felt like a big deal. But now in the G1, they're having incredible matches, but they've gone from feeling like too, yeah, from feeling unbeatable to, uh, you know, bottom of their blocks. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how many points Osprey has at this point. Four, I think. Yeah, he's struggling. Four, four points. I think Shingo's got four as well. I mean, it's... I think I'm contradicting myself here, but basically to answer your point... Yeah, there's something to be said for that. Would it have been the worst thing in the world to not have them in the G1? I don't know. I'm going to sit on the fence here because you're right. They've both had incredible matches and I think the G1 has been better for having them in there, but there's what always do you think? there's always that <laughs> no, you There's always that again that idea of levels 
and and breaking through certain levels in New Japan to get to the top of the mountain, right? And you look at everybody who's had to go through that. Even guys like Makabe and Goto and Devitt and um, Omega, and, you know, all these guys that have had to kind of fight their way out of being labeled a junior, which again, I've said it for years that to me it seems silly in 2019. And New Japan has gotten a thousand times better at kind of blurring that line. But there is still that line in the sand, right? So you could be top of the world, king of the heap as a junior, but then you get into the G1 where that's, you know, that's where your true elite pro wrestlers are, whether it be because of the perceived height, weight, muscle advantage. There's always going to be that. And yes, it would have been nice to have Will pick up eight points and pick up, you know, but, you know, realistically, unless you're going all in on Will Ospreay, are you going to have him pin, I don't know, Fale again? Are you going to have him beat Okada? It, it, I'll tell you what. You talked about, like, okay, if he becomes a made man against Tanahashi, right? And even if he doesn't pick up the win, he could still get, you know, he could still be a, a made man. I kind of felt like he got that with Okada. Truth be told, I was one of those guys in the camp of, he should have got the win there. That's the one he should have got right there, right? And between us, I felt like if Will Ospreay is going to get a win, is is a Will Ospreay win over Okada more meaningful than a win over Tanahashi? I think so. Given the long-term story that the two of them have, yeah. Right? And I know that they, they love the long-term story, and I know that they love the the build and shit, and I appreciate that. I really do. But in hindsight, again, even if he only gets six points, that's a really good place to have a fucking win. And And I'll tell you what, and I know... Again, hindsight being twenty twenty, and I understand Sonata being a huge, probably even more of a, of a star than we perceive them as. Wouldn't you rather see Osprey Okada headline instead of Sonata Okada? Given the timing, I think it makes more sense for Sonata. Will's going to get his right. moment, and it will be great when he does. We did have a question from John who says, are there any matches you would change the outcome of? So I guess this will be one for you. Yeah. But I just think if you look at the point at which both men are in their career, Sonata at this point was already 0-6, I want to say, against Okada. He was 0 for a lot. He's already had two... Yeah, he's he's already had two defeats against him this year. So for him to go in and lose his seventh out of seven matches against Okada, and his third match of the year would have been quite damaging, whereas Osprey losing to Okada didn't hurt him at all. Okay, but you're not going to put the title on Sonata. You know what I mean? So, okay, great, he beat him. Wonderful. 
You're still Sonata. You're still, in my mind, and again, my mind might not be the mind that they're looking for, but in my mind, you know, in, in the pecking order of LIJ, you're not even the second guy in my mind, right? Like, I just... I don't know. I think that, that win, we'll talk about it later, but I think that win against Okada did a lot for Sonata with the Japanese fans, at least. Okay. Fair enough. I would, have, I would have given Will the win, but all right, no biggie. All right, our next match was um, Kazuchika Okada defeating Lance Archer, 14 minutes 15 with a Rainmaker. I particularly enjoyed Lance Archer terrorizing that little kid in the oh, audience. He <laughs> I didn't like, he was like traumatized. that. I didn't like that at all. Poor kid, he's going to have nightmares. Oh, I felt bad. should have gone to a New Japan wrestling show. It's not for kids and <laughs> families. He knew he was getting serious business statements. This is G1 Climax. Like, all right, good point. Good point. Good point. Uh, I felt bad for a little boy. Uh, All right. What else did you like? Yeah, I'm sorry. I like that Lance Archer is basically a massive, angry El Phantasmo. He's like kind of working in similar spots, isn't he? Like the rope walking and everything. Did a rope walk into a moonsault. That was incredible. Yeah. Um, the Bruiser says, did Archer's music get a remix? Did you notice a remix music of the Everybody Dies theme? Uh, I don't like the song to begin with. Um, yeah, it sucks. It, it? it really, I really don't like it. Um, but all uh, no, I I didn't notice if it did. Um, I I do notice him singing along to it a little bit more. Um, he likes to mime along. He's like the new. He's like the uh, super heavyweight Tai Chi at this point. Uh, no, I did not. So when he says everybody dies, is that a threat, or is he just sort of making a sort of existentialist? You know, the nihil- is that a nihilistic comment? Oh, at the end of the day, everyone dies, so why even bother? What are we uh, all maybe, doing here? I mean, he might as well go outside and be like, the sky is blue! <laughs> all right, we get it. Everyone dies. Um, tell us something we already know. Uh, I, I believe he's trying to be... Uh, uh, he's going to let everyone know everyone dies, and uh, in, in your specific case, if you're in the ring with me, everyone dies... I'm going to kill you, in other words. Um, okay. Yeah. Got a question from Tyler. says, can we take a minute and praise Okada for his selling in the Archer match? Mm. He did everything he could to make him look like a million bucks in the ring. Do you think he did more for Archer by beating him than what a loss to Archer would have done? Look, you go down that G1, and I like the idea of Okada being very selective in, in the losses that he picks up. And as much as I like Lance, and as much as um, I think he has absolutely resurrected his career in just a handful of weeks in G1, I don't think you give Lance a win uh, in this particular case. I don't. I don't think he is. I don't think he's a guy that you get a pinfall on Okada on. At least not now. Um, Maybe down the road. Maybe if he continues doing what he's doing, again he, he kind of gets gets even hotter than he is right now. Uh, but I don't think I don't think he's a guy that you if, if you're if you're really limiting Okada's losses. I don't think Archer's a guy that you check the box and say okay you you pick up a win o- over Okada. Yeah, I agree with you with that. Should we move on to the next one then, which was Sonata defeating Kenta. In 60 minutes and 10 seconds with a rounding body press. This was a professional wrestling match. 
in G1 Climax 29 in the A block. Right, right. We're just over 16 minutes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You got the That's facts. all I got for you. That's it, huh? You didn't like this That's one? That's it. You didn't like it? I did. It, was, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was absolutely fine. What do you think was missing? What was missing? Energy? Passion? Uh, I thought the wrestling was good. What, what was I missing? Agree. What was missing? What, what do you think? If you could put your finger on it. Is it just those two guys? Is it uh, expectations? Like what, the chemistry. What chemistry. Yeah, I think Sonata is at his best when he's got someone screaming at him. Like Okada did in the match, which we're going to come and talk about, where he's like literally screaming in his face, come on, fucking hit me, give me your best shot, to push him into that next level. And Sonado is a guy who's very athletic and his athletic repertoire of moves, I don't think Kenta was the best dance partner for his style of wrestling either. Do you think these are two guys so it just, that... that, that- put on professional wrestling matches, right? Whereas, you know what I mean? And I mean that in a way of they're pros, they know what to do, and they go out there and they they play their song and they leave, right? That's what I felt like with this match. I felt like this match was two pros going in there and doing what pro wrestlers do and... That was that. Like, I had trouble with... Yeah, it's tidy, professional. Yep, yep. I had trouble... I don't even want to say getting emotionally involved because I had no emotional connection to... I don't want to say anything in this match, but it was like, okay, we're f- like we're two pros fighting for two points. And that's kind of where it felt it began and ended. Like, I didn't hate the match, but there really wasn't anything that where I was, like, sitting on the edge of my chair, right, and and biting on near falls and, um, you know, getting hyped. It was, all right, we're going to watch two pros have a wrestling match. And I think that's what separates good pro wrestling from great pro wrestling is that emotional involvement in it where you're – where where they suck you into a match and they bring you in. Like, there are guys where I could watch where you could say, okay, yeah, these are two guys that are pros. And then as the match goes on, they're able to bring me in, right? They're able to take me on a journey and take me on a ride. I wasn't I wasn't there for that, for this. I, I wasn't taken anywhere. I was watching two pros put on a, a pro wrestling performance. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and I think at this point, in most G1s, you kind of reach the doldrums where it's not the hottest venue and it's not the hottest card. It's not the most sexy pairings of people. And again, not saying that guys want to take it easy, but they've got half an eye on what's coming up. They've got big shows in Osaka coming up, big shows in Budokan coming up. So it's to be expected that they're not going to go out there and deliver a show of the year contender. Yeah, this one wasn't. I think this this show overall was probably my least favorite show um to date. And and yeah, you're right. This is this is that show 
where maybe not everything delivers and maybe not everything hits the mark. I hate to say this, but it just felt like a show where it was like, all right, we just got to get through this one to get to the Osaka, <laughs> right? This was just kind of like, all right, let's just get let's just get this done and we're out the door we go. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. That that's the way it felt for this show. Yeah, and main event was Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Evil, twenty three minutes two seconds with a high fly flow, and I am enjoying the fact that we see now Tanahashi changes style, whereas earlier on he was very map based grappling submissions he's turning up for the main event here he's bringing out the big spots he's doing the high fly flow to the floor and all of that jazz so i thought this was pretty good there were some really nice moments of creativity from evil there was a bit where he, he did the magic killer using the help of a young lion and there was a bit where tanahashi was about to go flying out the ring and then he did the skin the cat thing and then evil immediately gave him a german suplex which i thought was pretty cool so i thought both of them brought it in this match there was a really great strike exchange red hot closing stretch and i enjoyed this one i liked evil i liked evil a lot i think evil's had a good tournament um i think i think if you're looking at a guy who's had an under the radar kind of tournament um considering the block that he's in i think he's had a, a pretty solid tournament um i'll go so far as to say i think i like his matches more than i like sonata's um, I, and, and, and I think Tanahashi, I, I don't know how he does it. He's just, it got, I mean, you can see how he could just barely fucking move. He's doing shit that you're like, uh, what are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, and again, expect, and again, if you're main eventing a G1 show, you're, you're main eventing a G1, there is a certain expectation of what that main event looks like and what that main event should feel like and the feeling at the end. But let me tell you something, dude. There is there I to this day, which is pretty surprising, even as in 2019. Name me a guy who's more over than Hiroshi Tanahashi. It's fucking amazing. Like what he not only what he does in the ring, but how he connects with that crowd. And how he connects with, like, I think it's it's not even where it's like, oh, he's an old timer and we're going to give him respect. It feels like he still has the, the, the fucking crowd in the palm of his hand. Like, no, like, truly no one else on that on that roster. And it's amazing to me that he still commands that. And he's still he's still able to, to deliver that. And again, I think some of it might be just, I don't even know, but like. It's not as though it feels to me like, oh, we're just going to go through the motions because this is what you do at the end. Like how, like, like when you had Hogan, right? And toward the end of Hogan's peak, and as he was declining in popularity, I don't know. You just kind of stood there and let him do his pose and his, you know, point and hand wave and all that shit. It doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like we're just going through the motions of it. Like it feels like the fans truly freak out, and they want the air guitar and the speech and the whole fucking nine yards. It's just a, an amazing thing to me. And it's like they know that time's running out for Tanahashi as a top, top guy, but they don't want it to happen. So they're both the fans and Tanahashi are desperately clinging on to this 
image of him as the ace and his song is a go ace he's not really the ace anymore and he knows he's not the ace the fans know he's not the ace but they don't want to accept that so they are just hanging on to every gesture and every move and he's still telling incredibly compelling stories in the ring but he's adjusting his style so yeah like you say he's not just going out there doing his big moves and then checking out he's trying to do something a bit different and give you this it feels real doesn't it like you're watching a guy who is physically deteriorating and he's struggling to change things up so he can still hang with the guys who are younger than him stronger than him faster than him and he's just about you know he's just keeping his chin above the water isn't he he really is that's exactly yeah he's just keeping his chin above the water that's that's pretty great i feel like he's going to be one guy where it is going to be a struggle for him to let go well you can see it already you know it feels like he's that's going to be one guy like you look at liger and it looks like Liger has embraced retirement already. You know what I mean? Like, he's a guy that's just like, he's going to be the guy in the summer shirt, halfway buttoned down to his navel, uh, you know, with a beer in his hand. Like, ah, I'm enjoying life. I'm fishing. I got my Godzilla shit. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm watching Brazzers two times a day. <laughs> he's going to love it. Uh, Tanahashi is, is, seems to me like a guy who's going to struggle giving up those giving giving up not the spotlight and I don't want to say that in a bad way but just walking away from pro wrestling he's the guy that you're going to see 20 years from now have that last 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 retirement match at Cork and Hall you know, for like you know wrestle one <laughs> whatever um he's going to be that guy you could see that coming a mile away yeah so we're just enjoying it while we can really I just feel privileged that I was able to sit there in the Tokyo Dome early this year and see him and Kenny Omega put on an absolute masterclass. He, uh, a guy who is, how old was he at the time? What, 42, I want to yeah, say? low I 40s. Need to look this up, but yeah. just incredible. Incredible the kind of stuff that he was doing at this age. Is Tanahashi in your top 10 all-time pro wrestlers? Yeah, absolutely. Is he in your top five? Absolutely, no question of it. Hmm... I think so. I, I mean, so. I'd have to wait until he calls it a day, but I definitely think he's got the body of work to be in the conversation. And here's the thing, too, especially with him. I, I honestly don't see him as a guy that's tarnishing his legacy right now. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a guy where you're where he's getting in the ring and you're almost like, oh, embarrassing. Like, that, that hasn't hit yet, you know? And you're right. He's working it. So there have been little glimpses of it, though. There like, have. In... Dominion, when he did that, I don't know what it was. It was like a sort of fucked up sling blade or something against Chase Owens. And at that point, everyone was like, oh. <laughs> right, right. But I haven't seen any signs of that in the G1. Me neither. Me neither. I think he's had a really great G1, considering everything that we just talked about. All right. Uh, where are we going now? We got a, we got a, uh, a, a, at least another show to talk about, right? We've got three more shows to talk about. We better step up the pace. Yeah, Thursday, August the 1st in Fukuoka, we have B Block, and we started out with Jeff Cobb defeating Shingo Takagi in 12 minutes, 27 seconds with Tour of the Islands. I thought this was Cobb's best match up to that point. He's still doing that thing where he's 
taking like a bit of a head start on the bumps. Like the lariat's coming and <laughs> he's in the air before he's even made contact. Right. But I enjoyed this match. We had Shingo working the leg and just the versatility of Shingo, the different kinds of matches he's able to have, whether he is, you know, having the sort of never strong style beating the shit out of each other, whether he, that masterclass of leg selling that he had when John Moxley beat him or here where he's methodically working over the, the leg of Jeff Cobb or best of the Super Juniors final where he's having a balls to the wall, high flying, thrilling action match with Will Ospreay. Just, he can do everything. Any kind of match you can think of, Shingo can do it. He can knock it out of the park. So they built up. Uh, so they had the, the leg stuff here and then building up to the big power moves, which must be really hard. Even like Shingo, incredibly strong guy, really powerful, but it must be very tough, even for him to get up a guy as big as Jeff Cobb, because Jeff Cobb is fucking huge, and just something like him getting Cobb up for the Made in Japan, I was like, oh, he is he actually going to do that? Yeah. Is he going to do it? Oh, he can do it, and that was I, I found that pretty spectacular. Shingo is a guy who he just he gets the G1, and the G1 style of matches where you build up the, the pace and the intensity, and they never go too long. And they always play to opponent's strengths. And you never get the same match twice. It's never dull. He's just absolute asset to the G1 climax. So I, I've loved Shingo. He's, he's going to end up probably in my top three at the end of this G1. Oh, he might be even be higher. He, he's, he's had a legendary G1. He's had a legendary year. I, 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 again, I, I'm, I don't think that there is a guy that New Japan has brought in that has I, I, it's not even a um, you know they, they New Japan brings in guys who are bigger names uh, and you could point to Moxley who's had a, who's had a great who's had a great G1 I, I don't I'm trying to think of an, such an impactful versatile well-rounded performer that that's been better than Shingo. I I can't. He has been just a fucking stud and he hasn't even and and here's the thing, the impact that he's had on the promotion and what you can do with him and and where you can place him. He hasn't even been here for a year. It, 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 it bothers and, the mind, yeah. Well, well, one more thing. If you say to me at the start of this G1, okay, stylistically, on paper, which two Shingo matches are you most looking forward to? I would say to you, Shingo versus Ishii, Shingo mm. versus Goto. Mm -hmm. And those are the two matches he's got left. Yeah. And he still had one of the best G1s I can remember. Yeah. Uh, I uh, Look, I think New Japan would be absolutely insane if they and they're not i really i i feel like bigger things are, are but but he, but he is not let me be very clear this guy is not middle of the road this guy has just star potential for this company he's already a star but he has star potential okay give me a ceiling company. tokyo uh, domain event I'll tell you what, I would have zero problem. Maybe not Tokyo Dome main event. 
But maybe. But I'll tell you what, right now, today, I would have no problem having him in, a, in an intercontinental feud. I have no problem putting that white belt on him. N- n- no problem at all. Look, he, that, that motherfucker is not a junior. Uh, the idea of him being a junior is, is, is preposterous at this point. Um, he needs, he is a focal point. I think he has charisma. I think he is, he gives, he gives you, he is one wrestler that gives you everything that you could want in a pro wrestler. Like he checks all the boxes. You want a high flyy, dangerous, big spot match? You got it. You want a hard hitting, beefy, is there anybody in, in that in that company that throws a clothesline like him? I oh, mean, Matt, his lariats right. are the best. I was going to talk about that in the Naito match, but just the sound that they make—that massive, thick, meaty slapping sound—and yeah. just every time he hits one, you're just wincing in yeah. front of your computer, your TV, like fucking hell. Yeah, oh. they're, they're fucking delicious. Those things are fucking delicious. Again, he could have a match with the Flippy Junior. It'd be great. He could have a match with an Ishii, great. He could have a match with an Okada, great. He, to me, is is quite possibly the most well-rounded pro wrestler on that roster. He is fucking fantastic. And here's the thing, too. Here's also what I like about him. He's got just enough of that indie, grimy, Pro-Ress cred from all the, you know, all that fan base. And uh, trust me, I'm in that fan base. Like, he's got just a, he's that indie band that has enough st- street cred that can have a hit album, and you're not hand-waving them and being like, oh, they still, you know, he's still there, right? He's still got that. He's still got that griminess that, that people want, right? He checks all the boxes. Like there are people that would be like, oh, okay, Abushi checks all those boxes, but he's you know he's he just doesn't hit that. Pfft. Okada, okay, the selling and but give me a give me a give me one Shingo flaw, give me a flaw in his game. I can't think of one. Comedy? I think he could do comedy too. He's done comedy. I was gonna say he's so many people in that block. He has given them their best match. Mm-hmm. I thought he gave Cobb Cobb's best yeah. match. Um, Moxley, that was Shingo was my favorite match. That leg match that they had, uh, Juice on the opening B block night, that was my favorite Juice match. Uh, Naito, well, we're going to talk about that Shingo Naito match. Uh, spoiler, I fucking loved it. Right. He gave Taichi his best match, the one that you were saying is four and three quarter stars, yeah. which just blew everyone away. And he's still got Goto and Ishii, who are probably stylistically going to suit him the best. And he's bottom of the block. He's got four points. That's madness. It is madness, isn't it? A four point. A f- give, here's another thing. Go through the history of G1 and give me those. Give me the best performers under six points or, under, or at four and under. He's got to be like top of the list. He's got to be top of the list. Him and Will. Got to be top of the list. Look, I'm telling you right now. Our year-end awards are going to be littered with votes for both Shingo and Will, and, and, and rightfully so. These two guys have just been unbelievable, and it seems like they have a competition with themselves um, to, to see 
who who's going to walk away with this? And again, you can't leave out Okada. You can't leave out Ibushi. You can't leave out Naito. But man, those two fucking juniors, and I laugh at the idea of them remaining juniors because it's silly to me at this point. But these two fucking guys are stars. And what's even better is that you can build around these guys. Fucking great. Fucking great. It's interesting that they've got Shingo, Naito, Ibushi, three guys who you would say are probably at the top of their game right now. All of them 36 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you can only have... Well, I was going to say you can only push one of them, but... Uh, it's it's difficult. How do you you look at these three guys and you think, what do you do with them? How do you get the best out of these three people who all arguably should be holding the top prize in that company? Yeah, it is. It, it look it, it's 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 a, it's a great problem to have, as they say. But it's just it's it's a cornucopia of of riches with that company. And and again, this is why everybody likes G one. I mean, this is it where you get this type of talent and this type of um, you know pro wrestling excellence. You know, the people that are in this tournament, they're just they're the they're the best of the class, the best of the class. Next match was Toriano defeating John Moxley in five minutes eight seconds via countout. Chris says, "How does it feel to have predicted the exact manner in which Mox lost to Yano?" Uh, also, do you have any lottery number predictions you'd like to share? <laughs> so this match review is just going to be me taking a victory lap for accurately and correctly predicting that Yano was going to tape Mox to Shota Umino and get counted out. And that's it. Victory lap for me. Yeah. <laughs> well deserved. I mean, seriously. I mean, you were very, very precise in how that was going to finish. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, that was a, that was a smart call by you and, a, and, a, and good work by you. Um, are you surprised that that was Moxley's first loss, like and and losing in that fashion? We in any way um, surprised? Again, it was a bullshit finish, mind you. It wasn't a, it wasn't like like he got pinned. It wasn't like he took his first pinfall loss. Um, but first loss nonetheless. Were you, were were you? Let me when it was playing out and you saw it happening in front of your eyes, even you were shitting your pants a little bit, like, holy shit, they're actually doing what I thought they would do. I think it's fitting, given that this is a guy who left WWE because he was sick of being forced into comedy spots and having to do goofy, funny shit. And he's coming to New Japan, and his whole thing is he's been desperate to be taken seriously. He's a serious guy. He's not wacky Dean Ambrose with the wacky line and the ketchup mustard, whatever the fuck he was doing over there. And so this match was a sort of microcosm of that, wasn't it? Yeah. He's just desperately trying. He's like, no, I'm not doing the comedy shit anymore. He wants to have a proper serious wrestling match. And then Yano, as we said before, this uh, DJ accent report, the silly ghost that haunts the G1. Just he, he can't escape at the end of the day. So I thought it was quite fitting that he lost in uh, a comedic manner. I thought they were going to fuck up the tape spot, too. Didn't look like the tape was working very well. <laughs> I was like, oh. The, the first one when they tied up Yano, I was like, Yano, just pull your fucking arm out from the tape, my man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the camera shot with like, I don't write all the, the railing. Uh, and then the second one uh, with the tape up. That was good. That was fine. I mean, I think, I think Yano serves a purpose much better than 
um, Fale has, that's for sure, uh, in the sense of, and I put in the air quotes, the night off. But, yeah, uh, again, his it, it does make sense. Uh, and as we'll find out later on, his, his first real loss um, was a little bit more significant. But, yeah, I think uh, it was a fun way to do it. Why not? You hit the nail right ahead in a victory lap for Joel. Next match was Tetsuya Naito defeating Juice Robinson in 30 minutes 47 with a Destino. I really enjoyed the mind games going into this match. Like Juice wearing, was it like four t-shirts on top of each other? <laughs> then copying each other's poses. I, I just love it, Damon. I love this sort of stuff on the G1. Just seeing guys fuck with each other. And there was this amazing moment where Naito spat at Juice and Juice just snapped and grabbed Naito by the throat and was like, don't fuck with me. I'm not the... You know the the young lion that I was in back in 2016, and I, I I said before, but Juice has just really come out in this G1 as a guy who can hang with the big boys, not necessarily going to beat them, but he doesn't feel out of his depth anymore. So I really enjoyed the the chemistry between the two match. I enjoyed a lot. There were a few sloppy moments, like they they fell off the top rope at one bit. Um, there was a Destino counter. The timing was a bit off. There was a kind of botched DDT to the floor where I think it was the mat and Naito kind of fell off a bit there and that didn't quite work. So can't score it too highly. But aside from that, again, great chemistry, really good match. Yeah, I like this a lot. Um, here's my concerns. And again, we have plenty of time and, and I know that the company is high on them. So I'm not too concerned with that. But... Mm. Are you are you at all concerned at all concerned about Juice Robinson and his potential ceiling? Is he is Juice Robinson mid card? I don't want to see him anymore as the guy who is there to wrestle the American ex WWE guy and make them look amazing mm. and have an incredible match with them and make them look like a star and lose whatever title to them and then go off to the sidelines. I think he's above that now. He did that for Cody and he did that for Moxley. I want to see more from him. I think with the right kind of booking, I don't think he's an IWGP heavyweight champion. No. He could definitely be a challenger and yep. I could see him White belt. You, you, you give him the white belt? That's, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just rattling off names of people. Will, Shingo, Abush, um, guys that are that to me feel like they're in a little bit higher than Juice. And again, Juice, I think, has, especially in this tournament, has put on a new layer. Um, he's got, and again, I, I, a lot of people point to that Moxley match as, as being kind of like the one thing that kind of helped add a little sandpaper and a little bit more grit to his game. But I look at he's up, thirty as well, so he's got time on his side. That was the thing, right? We do, we do have time. Um, I just don't want it to be too slow of a fucking burn with Juice, right? Because you, you will get, speaking of burn, you'll you'll get burnt out waiting for that to happen. Um, so I think in the next year. You got to do something with the guy, right? You can't let this go another year of Juice being, oh, five points in G1, right? You either got to shit or get off the pot. And I think, really, it's got to be this year, don't you think? 
he had that moment at the I can't remember the name of the show where he had the was it Long Beach where he had that amazing match with Jay White, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I think launched both of those guys into I, I would say stars. They both look like stars coming out at the end of that match. So he needs something on that level. He needs another big iconic win this year. Hopefully it's against Moxley. I would like to see him win back that US title. I assume he's going to beat Moxley at Budokan Hall. That's what I'm thinking. Right. These block finals. And then that would presumably entitle him to a title shot. And then they can, I don't know, perhaps they could run that at one of the Fighting Spirit Unleashed shows. I mean, how about... No, I know they can't, they can't do it. Because Moxley's... Yeah. Nah. Well, let me ask you this. Say, somewhere like Philly or Hammerstein, that would, would have been perfect for something like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, as of right now, it ain't happening. But would you be... Would you hand wave the idea of making... Because the, the, by the time that match rolls around, it's going to be, from a G1 point perspective, meaningless right? Moxley and Juice. What if Moxley was like, okay, fuck it. it. This is for the title. Or, you know, Juice is like, all right, make it for the no, title. No, he's going to be, spoiler, isn't he? Moxley will still be in the mix. Still be in the mix. He's got his destiny in his own hands. All he needs, I, I believe, I think he just yeah, needs right. one win to eliminate Naito at, at the very least. So he'll be going into Budokan needing that win. And I think Juice is going to spoil him. Okay. All right. And then that sets up uh, him dropping the title back to Juice. Yeah, that would make sense to yeah. me. All right. All right, makes sense. All right, listen, have some balls and make it a title match too. Come on, have some balls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Elliot says it's clear that Naito takes off his suit quickly for those he respects, but goes achingly slow when it's someone he hates. Who are people you'd like to see have to endure a smug, interminable Naito undressing? Pro wrestler. Or other notable garbage person in the world? Oh, oh God, garbage person in the world. My 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 list is long. Uh, I think you know what? I might do that next time. Uh, I <laughs> next time I make love to my wife. Just come into the bedroom. You know, take her out. Yeah. You know, lovely meal, anniversary, birthday, something like that. Uh-huh. Take her to the fanciest restaurant. You know, lobster, champagne. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so lucky to be with such a beautiful woman. Uh-huh. Get back to the bedroom. She's lying there waiting, and I'm just coming and just doing like slow motion. You do the hand one button, thing. one button. I've, Calm down. I've got five shirts on top of each other. <laughs> you just do, do the five shirts. Be like, oh, there's another one. And I just do, the, you know, like the Naito tranquilo hand signal. Like, yeah. oh, tranquilo, tranquilo. Yeah, relax. Come on. It's coming. Relax. Wow, that would be lovely. I would do mine uh, at this point at the, at the UN. I would just go to the UN and just be like, I'm taking my, taking my time before I give my, my long speech. Uh, oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Good for you. Uh, actually, uh, I do have breaking news, by the way. Uh, not the house, not the, the hot girl across the street who dropped her kid, uh, but the house to the left of that. Uh, they're getting their roof redone, apparently, because there are a bunch of people on the roof, and they're just like walking around the roof right now. Like There's five guys on top of the roof, but the, like, no safety harnesses or nothing. They just climb up on a ladder, and they're just shimmying down and walking around. I'm just waiting for somebody to fucking fall on their head uh, as they 
prepare the roof to be it looks like they're stripping uh, the roof right now. So there you go. I'll keep you updated on the roof repair uh, of the neighbor's house. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Keep us posted. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, next match then was Jay White defeating Taichi in 15 minutes, seven seconds with Blade Runner. This is the kind of shit I'm here for on the G1, Damon, where you get these weird little matchups of heel versus heel, and you just love seeing the, the dynamics of the two people together. These two just out shithousing each other, both of them stalling at the start of the match, and then Jay trying to cajole Taichi back into the ring. Come on, buddy, come on. I just I love that kind of stuff. These these strange little matches where you get two really strong characters playing off each other in a, a really organic and uh, compelling way. So one moment that's gonna stick in my memory was when Taichi I can't remember what happened to him, but Jay White had attacked him and he was lying on the floor with Miho in front of these two fans. And these two fans had the little hand fans and they were fanning Taichi. Just trying to give him like a nice refreshing cooling breeze to help him get back to the fighting fitness. I, I just thought that was great. And I also love the little battle between Kanemaru and Gado. And honestly, I thought this match made Taichi feel like a huge baby face. I, I really wanted him to win. I knew he wasn't going to because Jay White needed the points. But I was, and not just because I'm a big Taichi fan, but I just there was something about the way the match was laid out and the fans got caught up in, in it towards the end. And it just felt like, people wanted to cheer Taichi and there was just something endearing about him when juxtaposed to the sort of nasty uh, heelishness of Jay White. I hope they have a rematch down the line. Um, yeah, I would agree with what you said. I don't know. I, everything up until... Uh, do I want to see a rematch? <laughs> um, I need to see the redemption arc, Damon. I want the, the long-term payoff for this storyline. Okay. All right. Look, I... Um... I'm 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 on the fence with the with the Jay White still, man. I, I every time I think he's got me and I'm in, man, it's just like little things just kind of pull me back and pull me back and pull me back. I don't know. I look. I it, I might just have to ch- chalk it up as I think Jay White does a good job, but that job is is not for me. It, it might have to it might have to go th- to that length. Um. I don't think he's had a great G1. Do you think he's had a great G1? No, it hasn't really come on much from last year's, and I was hoping to see something different. And to me, it's it's just a Gato thing. How can I take this guy seriously, seriously as a top guy in the company who you know belongs to the top table, former IWGP heavyweight champion, when every time... Gado gets in the ring with the brass knuckles. That takes me out of it. It really does. I I hate to say it, but like there becomes a point of diminishing returns with that, don't you think? Like we get it. You're a heel. We get it. You're you're a slime ball. We get it. You're going to do everything you can to win. Like we we get it. He doesn't need to do it, does he? The, The character stuff and the sort of trash talking he does and the way he works his matches, I think is strong enough to get over that heel persona without having to have the interference because that just feels really cheap. It feels old at this point. It, like It's like, I mean, at the very least, it, like, like Yano, you get the same thing every match, but at least it is a little bit of a, of a, of a mix-up and at least it's somewhat entertaining. Like, 
help me understand how how constant brass knucks and constant interference and con- like how is this entertain like I know I'm supposed to wind up hating you and and I, and eventually you're gonna get your you're gonna get your due and you're a heel and blah blah blah, blah. like I just oh I'm just oh like give me one time where I don't see that. Maybe that's the point. Maybe maybe that's the whole point. Like they're, they're, he's, it, it's done intentionally to say, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get that because you want to, and and as that's going to make me hate you even more. Um, I think it's I think it's having an opposite effect. Truth be told, though. Yeah, when I came to watch New Japan, I'm watching it to get away from that sort of stuff because that seems the sort of stuff you see in other companies, and I know historically. New Japan has done a lot of things like that before. Let's not pretend that this is the first time right. there's ever been interference in big matches because they, they've done it for decades. But it just feels unworthy. It's just it's not what I want to see. It, 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 you know, it's just like, okay, I, again, I understand the point of you're a heel and, and again, you're, you're swarmy and, and we don't want, you know, we want to hate you. I, I I understand that point. It's it's but we get it already, you know. <laughs> we we get it already, and it just feels like. I look. I'm going to be honest. I don't look forward to Jay White matches. There, I said it. I don't look forward to Jay White matches because I know the second it starts turning into something that I can sink my teeth into, it's ah deflate the balloon, right, and. And there's only so many times I can do that before I'm just like, eh, do I, do I, I can't get into this. I can't get into it. Um, there's, um, I guess I'm waiting for the pay. Here's the one thing. And as he was walking down the aisle, I forget, it might have been this show, it might have been the, the, the most recent one. And I'm, wa- walk, I'm watching him walk down the aisle. And I was like, oh my God. This fucking guy was IWGP heavyweight champion. <laughs> you know, it was for a cup of coffee, but he he had his he had a nameplate made with Jay White on it. And I was just like, wow, I, just, I, I I'm I'm not I, I don't I, I don't know I'm not feeling that. To me, he just doesn't feel, especially even now, like even like right now, it's like I, you know he's 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 on this comeback of. You know, losing what? What did he lose? Three in a row, and now he's going to sweep the table, and and everybody's going to recognize that he's a top star. I'm sorry, I, I know I'm going to piss people off by saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Man, he just doesn't feel like it. It feels it. This feels like to me, Vince McMahon shoving the honky tonk man down people's throats. <laughs> hey, like everybody, nobody liked the honky tonk man. Jay White is the honky tonk man right now, in a lot of people's eyes. And there's people that dig the Jay White. Man, I'm just I'm over the Jay White. Um, I'm not over. It. See, here's the thing though. But then he does shit, and it's like, okay, I get it, I see it. Okay, I'm back on board. Come on, fucking complete it. And then, and then it's this. I don't want him in G1. That's what it is. If like if I don't see him in G1, I I I kind of get on board with Jay White outside of G1. When he he's the one guy that I hate in G one, I fucking hate Jay White in G one. I hate it. 
I don't want him in G1 because he's he ruins it for me. <laughs> he really does. I don't want him in G, I don't want him in G1 anymore because it makes me not appreciate Jay White. It makes me all right, I'm going to fast forward because I can't sit through this fucking shit because I know I'm going to see a brass knuckles and a ball shot, and I don't want to see that. I'm slightly higher on him than you. I I think he's had some very good matches in this G1. And What was his best match? Do you match? think if in the G1? Yeah. Ishii match, probably. Okay. It, would you put that in the top five? Of Jay White matches? Or it, G1 matches, matches? Matches in general. Let me look at my G1 Climax All right. rankings. Don't mean to put you on the spot there. I would not. It's not my top five. It's in my top ten. Okay. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches on four and a half, and that is one of them. Okay. And also, I think his match that he had with Will Ospreay at the anniversary show... Fantastic, and I love that match as well. Okay, but I just, yeah, we don't need to see Gato in every single match. I think in some matches it works, but when it's every single match, then you're sort of expecting it. And like you say, when you're building up that excitement crescendo, it has the opposite effect. To me, it does anyway, and I think a lot of people too. And listen, there's still people that love it, but yeah, I mean, I've. They, uh, small tweaks is all you need, but yeah, I, I, it's it's gotten overkill at this point with the fucking interference and ball shots and brass knuckles and all that nonsense. All right, enough of Jay White. Main event was Tomohiro Ishii uh, losing to Hiroki Goto, so Goto winning 18 minutes, one second with the GTR. I don't have a great deal to say about this match. It was just two big lads, big boys doing big boy things. And it was very good. I don't think it was as good as their G1 match that they had last year. But it was still pretty good. It's like pizza. Even when it's a bad pizza, it's still good because pizza is good. Yep. I, I would agree with everything that you just said there. And truth be told, I don't have much to add. Um, it feels like it's a match that you could go back and kind of plop into G1s all throughout the past five years. Um, you know, big never title matches, that kind of thing. Again, good match. It's hard for me to get excited over Goto, though, right? I think, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. It's it's hard to get excited over Goto, but it's a good match. Good match. Let's move on to Saturday's show, August the third in Osaka Prefectural Gym, the Edion Arena, and our first A Block match was Bad Luck Farley defeating Kenta in seven minutes twenty seconds with a schoolboy. I thought this was okay. Kenta was working very hard. And I enjoyed having Chase Owens on commentary. And then at the end, he goes, oh, I forgot something in the back. And it <laughs> goes to interfere in the match. And it just speaks to what I was saying earlier about Farley not being protected anymore, that he needed the interference and then a schoolboy right. on Kenta. And I was watching that and I was like, really? We're doing a schoolboy? Bad luck Farley is doing a schoolboy on Kenta, who is a guy that lots of people say is, is a junior and they did not see or they do not see bad luck fire this huge monster as credible enough to just squash do grenades yep. bad luck fall that's it kent yep. has lost I, I joel you read my mind on this that finish was 
preposterous to me. <laughs> right? A schoolboy. Uh, a roll-up. Uh, Imagine someone telling you that, like, two or three years ago, that you're going to have a match with Bad Luck Farley against Kenta, and Farley's going to win with interference and a schoolboy. You would just think it was like a fever dream or something. You'd wake <laughs> up, oh, the weirdest fucking dream. Bad Luck Farley beating Kenta with a schoolboy. Right. Right. I mean, that... Look, here's the thing. There are protected moves in New Japan, and we all know them. But even then, there are some moves that are apparently protected, and I'm putting air quotes, that you still get a kick out on. Like, you, you, like a rainmaker isn't always death, right? High fly flows aren't always death. You usually need two, right? It feels like. Um, or, or, you know, a rainmaker, the same way, right? Um, Destino. How many people have you seen kick out of a Destino in the G1? A lot, it feels like. And then he hits another one, and then it's lights out, right? But the bad luck fall, nobody kicks out. He, you get up there, you can wiggle out of it, you know, and, and, and have him not hit it. But nobody's kicking out of that shit. And I love that move. Right. It's so exciting and dramatic. And how many times have we seen it? How many people has he successfully landed the bad luck fall on? Did he? I think he beat evil with it in Dallas, did he? No, that was just a grenade, wasn't it? Oh, I forget. I'll have to go you back might be and right. check. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. But yeah, it's it's but, it's, okay. it's lights out. And why can't I? I, I don't get it. Right. The only they thing just, I they obviously think don't think he's credible anymore. That or the only thing I can think of. So think about the bad luck fall and where you're taking that. Like, if you're taking a bad luck fall, you're taking that on upper, back, shoulders. shoulders. Yeah. Mm. That's the only thing I can think of, of Kenta being like, ah, <laughs> can we not take that? Uh, but even then, just do a fucking grenade. Do two grenades. Um, a schoolboy. I, I, I saw that, and I, and I did the, the, the famous Damon, what? Uh, yeah. That was that was one of those that had me scratching my head. And again, you know, he's gonna he's taking a pinfall anyway. I don't know. It was just that was weird to me. That was weird to me. Odd, odd, odd finish. But okay, bad luck. It's two points. Mixelplex asks, which would you rather see given a shot at replacing Farley in a slot in Bullet Club under these very specific gimmicks? Jeff Cobb under a mask and a Bullet Monster slash Vader gimmick. Or Lance Archer under a cowboy hat and a Texan slash Stan Hansen gimmick. Uh, rip, uh, like a, so a dollar store Stan Hansen and a dollar store Joe Doring. Um, I don't want to see the cowboy. We that's that feels like it's been beaten to death. So I have a choice between a, a Vader, Jeff Cobb, or a cowboy Lance Archer. Oof. Uh, <laughs> um, how about me drinking bleach? Um, <laughs> um, thanks for the question Mixel please <laughs> thanks for listening um, yeah I mean look neither of them are too appealing uh, I'll go masked Jeff Cobb what do you think let's do masked Jeff Cobb alright next match I'm not answering that <laughs> uh, we got Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> defeating Lance Archer it's, it's a ridiculous question Dave 
A funny one, though. I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Good, good entertainment value. Yeah, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Lance Archer in 10 minutes 43 with a roll-up. This had just some of the most tremendous build-up of any match that I can recall in the G1. I don't know if you saw any of the backstage interviews that the guys were doing where <laughs> Lance Archer was talking about that he was going to eat. Uh, and he tweeted out, he said, I'm eating meat tonight because I'll get my veggies tomorrow when I eat up. Zack Sabre Jr.'s little vegan ass. And then Hi. Zach replied, please remember me, Lance, when you excrete me through your anus. And I was watching <laughs> these promos between the two. I was like, what on earth? What am I watching here? You know, one of those things where if someone had walked in the room and just sort of overheard, they'd be like, just shaking their head in disappointment at you. Yeah, it's like when it your wife walks in every, every fucking show. <laughs> yeah. Every, every podcast. I mean, that's one that. side. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I love this match I mean Archer he's one of the MVPs of the tournament and I just enjoyed the dynamics between him and a much smaller Zach Zach having to be on the move be on his toes and sort of ducking and diving around the ring and something we talked about last time about the style and Zach imposing his style on other matches I thought this was one of those matches that was more than the sum of its parts it was more than just half a Zach match plus half a Lance Archer match I thought we get the, got the best out of both men without one person's style necessarily dominating because you had Zach doing all his crafty submission stuff and then Lance just tossing him around like a ragdoll and I thought the finish was really cool where there was the blackout counting into the roll-up so I thought this was really good stuff I liked it. I, I, the only thing I didn't like, and, and I, I, I did like the match a lot, everything that you talked about. I liked the fact that, um, yeah, Zach felt like he, he always had to be on his toes. Um, and, and even then, you know, just him, Lance being just a monster and being able to counter everything just by being a monster. And Lance having control over the match. And then he did the, you know, the, 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 I, I've got you beat so bad, I'm going to lift you up at two. I didn't like that, but I will tell you what I did like. Like, I thought that was just weird. Like, why would any human being do that? But I do like the fact that the payoff came so quick afterward, right? On, you know, you, you fucked up. You made a mistake. You you counted me for dead. And, and you took me lightly. And boom, pin. In probably within that minute. So I did like that. That, but had... I agree, it didn't make sense for, for a guy who has two wins in the right. one to be fucking about like that. You right. need the points, mate. <laughs> right. Don't play with your food. Right. Don't play with food. Right. That's exactly what it was. Um, so you know that made Lance to me look like a bit of a boob. Um, but again, he he was able to to. He wasn't able to, but Zach was able to get a win and built right off of that mistake. So I liked that. Uh, I like this. Um, was I at four for this? No, I think it was at three and th- the old three and three quarter gimmick. Um, yes, the cowards rating. Cowards rating. That was me. Uh, I did that, but I liked it a lot. I thought, and again, Lance MVP. He's got to be in the conversation. He hasn't had to me. He hasn't had a real stinker. He hasn't had anything even close to a stinker yet. And I think Zach's had a real strong tournament as well. 
D the Great asks, what do you see the company doing with Lance Archer when the G1 is over? At this point, he looks like a very credible threat to anyone holding a title, and that Suzuki-gun has a legit badass in their ranks again. They do, but the problem is, is that, you know, aside from Will, where is he getting that title shot? Because the losses that people get, you know, apparently help them procure title matches. So really the biggest win that he's got was opening night against Will. He ain't challenging for the fucking junior title, that's for sure. No, I, I don't think that's it, Stone. Let's think about last year when Juice was US champion going into the G1, if I'm remembering correctly, and lost to fucking everyone. And right. none of those people challenged him. That's and it point. ended up being Cody who came out of nowhere to challenge him at the Fighting Spirit Unleashed shows. That's true. So I think Lance Archer would be a terrific challenger for the US title. I don't know how that works. I think you've got to get it off Moxley first. I could see, you know, let's say it goes back to Juice. Juice defending the US title against Lance Archer in the States. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's what we'll see. I think U.S. title, never title, is probably the 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 place where we will find Lance uh, challenging for some titles. Absolutely. Our next match was Evil defeating Will Ospreay in 70 minutes, 8 seconds with the Evil. And again, I thought this was really good. The neck injury, Ospreay again playing into well, Evil's moveset specifically because he has a lot of neck-based attacks. So I thought that worked really well. And there was one moment where Evil hit a lariat. And I really like Evil's lariats. He's a good dealer in lariats where Will just took this horrific bump on his neck. It looked great. Really hot crowds. And just some incredible counters like Will's powerbomb counter thing that he does. Just great dynamics here. The, the way they worked made you really feel like these are two guys in different weight classes. Yeah. Because Evil, he's a big lad. He's thick. And I love seeing him throwing his weight around and hossing it up like that. I don't think he does it often enough for my liking, but he has done it in this G1 and he did it a lot against Osprey here and I really enjoyed it. I thought this is one of Evil's best matches and I thought Osprey helped Evil to look like a killer. Yeah. I mean, he could take all those crazy bumps. He just works so well with so many people. I, I, I hate the fact that we gush. And I will say this, Evil has had one of those underrated, under-the-radar, solid tournaments. I, I'm sorry. I, again, I know people are going to disagree with this, but I, I'm I'm more evil than I am Sonata. I really am. Um, gimmick, gimmick aside, I'm more evil than, than Sonata. Um, what, what do you do with evil? Where do we go with evil? What do, you, what, what do you see evil, his future? Do you, do you honestly think that they'll go back to a tag situation with Sonata? Do you see that? Christ, I hope not. What, what else do you do? Because I them? like both guys individually, but that has just been running to the ground. If they, God, if they win the World Tag League again and are challenging for the tag titles at Wrestling Kingdom again. Uh, Let me ask you this. I don't know what you do. I think... Maybe LIJ is a bit of a problem in as much as you have a faction here with Naito, obviously the big single star. You've got Shingo emerging as a single star. 
Hiromu obviously is a big junior single star. Sanada being pushed this year as a single star. Like, there's only so many spots you can have right. within one faction for a guy to get a singles push. I would, I would actually, if you could take any one guy out of Lij, who would you take out? I'd take Evil out. Give him a new Me gimmick because I think that is the the faction. The fact that he is compared unfavorably against all the people that I've just mentioned mm-hmm. and the gimmick being a bit goofy are the two biggest things that are holding him back now. I, you nailed it. You nailed it. Like, like to me, you almost have to have him be the one guy that leaves LIJ. You almost have to have him be that guy. And again, a, a clean sweep with everything. Gimmick faction whatever just a new coat of paint like he to me feels like the guy who needs it the most um and he's the guy that's going to get lost in the shuffle because you're right what what do you do with it let me ask you this who's the never six-man tag team champions right now it's funny because liam asked that exact same question i know who they are do you know who they are i don't have a fucking clue um and I was just thinking it because of the tag situation. Um, is it? Who in the fuck is it? It's not Taguchi, and it's it's not them, is it? Like Makabe, Taguchi, and and Yano. Is yeah. that it? You nailed it, mate! Oh yeah, my god, you got it! I mean, have you even seen those belts? When was the last time you saw the Never Six Demand titles? I can't. I can't. I, Let's I don't... have a look. Let me let me open up Wikipedia because it it feels like it was like fucking new beginning tour. But you don't even see the belt. Like, they don't even wear the titles. I mean, Makabe, you haven't seen in in months because of G One, but Yano's not wearing it the ringside, and 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 Taguchi, he hasn't been on any of the undercards that I remember. Right? I, haven't, I don't re- really remember seeing him. Like those those titles are are in a vault somewhere right now. Right, so they won those. Yeah. On January the thirtieth. Oh my god! At Road to the New Beginning Holy in Miyagi. Are you? They've kidding? held them for one hundred and eighty-five days. They defended them three times. Really? Could you name one of those defenses? Oh, Christ almighty. Um, oh, God. I, I'm assuming one of them was like a G.O.D. and uh, Ishimori in the mix. Is that one of them? <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to look to find out this information. <laughs> Let me go on the New Japan website. See if uh, this is something that's even above the New Japan website to be holding. I, 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 beget, I Who knows? But my fear is, is that, is that what you do with evil? You're sticking him in that with like Ishimori and, um, I don't know. No, Ishimori, that'd be stupid. Why would he be with Bull Um With, uh, I mean, I don't want Shingo holding that, that time. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, you'd be get evil. Would you do an evil Shingo tag? They did that like back in I know I say, what 2016, 2017 with the evil Bushi Sonada team. Yeah. And they held that for like nearly the whole year. And if you're you, suggesting that, that's a massive step back. What do you do with them though? Because here's the thing. 
I would rather see Shingo go for any singles title. I'd rather see Sonata, and you're going to see Sonata, right? I mean, do you, what do you do with the guy? You're not giving him Intercontinental. Sorry. That ain't happening. So now he's never, I mean, would you put the U.S. title on him? I mean, who gives a fuck, right? What do you, what do, you do with the guy? He is middle of the road, mid-card, until, you know, after the G1, well, I, you know, come Wrestle Kingdom. Let's put it this way. Are you going to give him a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom? No. Right. Send him on excursion. Send him to the LA Dojo. So, you know, take, take a few months out, come back with a different gimmick. He's a, he's a helpful hand. Know. Like, here's what he's become. A guy who is, what, maybe three years past his excursion that has instantly turned into a, a, a middle-of-the-road guy unless he gets a new coat of paint. Yeah, he's hamstrung by the promos as well because the promos are all the same. Oh, darkness world, this is evil, everything is evil. Ah. Right, right, right. And you can, only, you can only do so much with that. And, and I think that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, he's... And, and here's the thing. People are going to be like, wow, look at all the fucking sickle things that light up in the... But, okay, I, I get that. What do you... Then, then help me out. What do you do with the guy? What do you do with the guy? That's my fear. My fear is that you got a guy three years out from excursion, and what the fuck? And you got guys that are that are steamrolling past him. And trust me, when when Hiromo comes back, he's gonna he's gonna steamroll past him. You know who, who's he above? Bushi. Congratulations. No, I, I'm I'm sticking with it. So you send him to the LA dojo for a few months, shaves his head, gets rid of the eye makeup. He's coming back as Takaki Watanabe, and he is. Uh, the newest member of the takeover faction, mm-hmm. along with Kenta, the, the LA Dojo guys. Uh, who else are we talking? Goto, he can be in there as well. So that doesn't and, sound half bad. Yeah, just more, you know, strip down, strip away the nonsense. Let's see him as a serious wrestler. And you could do that because, again, you have so much talent. I mean, would you miss him? Right? Would you miss him? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Actually, I think I think that's what they should be strongly considering. Our next match was Kota Ibushi defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi in 15 minutes 53 with a Kamigoye. and it just felt very special to me, Damon. It was like a condensed version of their G1 final from last year, but the story this time being that Ibushi has grown, Tanahashi's deteriorated, as we were talking about. And Ibushi also has the Bumaye in his arsenal, which obviously has got the historical significance given the rivalry between Shinsuke Nakamura and Tanahashi. I, just, I love this match. This was so good. And so oh. many memorable moments, like when Tanahashi was going for the, the drop kick to Ibushi's ankle, but then Ibushi just timed it to absolute perfection with that double foot stomp, and it looked devastating. And then... This was just great, but the thing that's going to stick in my mind was at the end of the match where Ibushi kicks him in the head, but Tanahashi just doesn't quite go down. He's finished, but he's just not quite dead yet. He's And he's got to kick him one more time before he, he sets up the Kamigoye. It was kind of like uh, Shawn Michaels against Ric Flair, you know, the I'm sorry, I love you mm-hmm. kind of deal. And it just felt like a huge moment for Ibushi. 
and a terrific match. I loved even more for the fact that it was so short for 15 minutes. It was perfect. I love having condensed matches like this. And then there were some really quite moving moments we had after the pinfall. You could see the camera zoom in. And you can see Ibushi clutching Tanahashi's hand almost tenderly. And someone posted on Twitter, I think it was at Wegthorn, but they said that they could hear Tanahashi say, Hontoni Aishtemas, which means truly I love you to Ibushi. Oh. And we've got all these other little things as well. Like we had the, the multi-man matches and the undercards where there's the Hontai multi-man team coming out, but they're coming out to the Ibushi theme. Instead of the Tanahashi yeah, yeah, yeah. theme. So this is something that uh, Nicole was talking about on the Discord and I'm, I'm really convinced by it. It feels like Ibushi is just taken one step ahead of Tanahashi here, perhaps even to become the new leader of the, the Hontai army. You know, we've seen him trying to recruit guys. He tried to recruit Sanada. And then after the match, he was out there for a good, felt like a good five minutes or so. Lots of handshaking, high-fiving with the fans. And it felt momentous to me. Do you feel like... And, and again, people try to pigeonhole moments and try to define moments. Do, do you think that this is one of those moments of a of a, you know... I hate to use a term, but uh, a torch passing moment. It's interesting you say that because, yeah, Nicole asked that very question. So oh, really? we'll stand here drinking aside. We watched something really special in Ibushi Tanahashi, didn't we? Because it definitely felt like we witnessed the passing of the torch. So those are her exact words. And it did catch me a little bit off guard because it felt like that. But I thought they might save that moment for Wrestle Kingdom. I thought perhaps Ibushi Tanahashi, Intercontinental title at Wrestle Kingdom, to have that big moment... And they still might do that. I still think that's something that has got value. But to have it on night 13 of the G1 Climax right. was underselling it somewhat. I agree with you in a sense that, yeah, that seems like if they were going to do that, I think that they, being New Japan, would seize a bigger spotlight and a bigger moment as opposed to middle G1. Now, Semi-main event, not even the main event. Right, right. Now, I think that the moment what didn't go past Tanahashi or Abushi, and they were able to kind of make it into something maybe that the office wasn't expecting. Like, to me, it felt – it didn't feel like it was a insincere, we need to get a certain camera shot and we need to – make sure that this is hammered home, that this is the, the torch passing. It was subtly done, and it felt very organic in the sense of uh, the two the people that were in the ring kind of shared that moment, right? As opposed to, I need this finish to go down like this, and then I need this to happen, right? L later, you know, to, to help set up storyline. Um now, it could possibly be used to that advantage, and if, if they know where they're going later down the road, um, it could be played to that. And I think of anybody in the promotion that would be clued into that, it would be Tanahashi. Um, so I'm going to give you a definitely maybe that that's the case. But it did feel special as you were watching it, and it did feel organic as you were watching it, as opposed to I didn't necessarily get the feeling of, 
oh, here's, you know, Gretzky ha- handing the the torch to Lemieux, who hands it to you know Crosby or whatever. Um, it it felt more like oh, this was a great moment, great match, and I'm showing my respect to a guy who, from what I gather, is going to help lead us into the future, possibly. So maybe more of I've edged past you at this point in the G1 rather than I've overtaken you in the company as a whole. Yeah, with with Tanahashi kind of knowing that maybe that is the case, right? Um, again, it just felt a little bit more organic. It didn't feel pre-planted, and it didn't feel like the the moment that was shared in the ring and that the cameras did catch because they're very good at it. Um, play to that. I really feel like, and I was thinking about this before, and I think this match is where I was thinking of it. Is this is this this is where you definitely see the differences between New Japan and other companies, in the sense of in other companies you're playing to the camera, right? So you're making sure that things are being shown for the camera, whereas in New Japan you're doing things in the ring, and it's the production team's cameras direction. It's their responsibility to keep up with what I'm doing in the ring, right? As opposed to I, I'm delivering it on a silver platter, you know. You're, you know, I need to be at this spot to do this thing to show, you know, to hammer it home of where this is going. As opposed to, we're going to do this and make it look as organic as possible, and it's up to the direction of the, the camera work and the producers and so forth to catch those moments, which they really do well. Like real sports, like I don't know of any football game where it's like, okay, let me make sure I'm dramatically dropping back the pass, right, and then get into the, an arm's length away. You know, it just doesn't happen. And I know pro wrestling does that; has the opportunity to do that, but that's where you kind of get the sports element with New Japan. So, anywho, uh, great match, awesome match. It felt like modern, modern classic pro wrestling, and that's Tanahashi's wheelhouse. Uh, I could watch this match again and again. Um, I went four and a half on this. Winterlesque says, I found myself getting quite emotional after the recent Tana versus Ibushi match, wondering if you have matches that have caused you to shed a tear. I think we had some quite moving matches this year with Kushida's last match. That was quite emotional. And even Izuka's, even the the little shenanigans going on at the end with Tenzan, I thought there was something quite moving about that as well. So those are two that I can remember off the top of my head. Oh, and of course, two years ago, Yuji Nagata's last G1 match against Fale when uh, Nagata does the Blue Justice salute and then Fale bows to his old senpai. That was very, very touching as well. Uh, I think for me, mine's coming up January 5th, <laughs> if be quite honest with you. Uh, that, that'll be the one that uh, I think... Uh, that'll be the one. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I'm sure it'll be an emotional time for everyone at the Tokyo Dome. Our main event was Sanada defeating Kazuchika Okada 29 minutes and 47 seconds with a moonsault. And whilst watching this, I was having a very in-depth discussion on the Discord about bubble tea. So (laughs) join the Discord and you can have uh, great conversations like that during New Japan main events. So going into this, um, Okada was 6-0 against Sanada. And then there was the time factor because the New Japan Cup final had gone... I want to say 33, 34 minutes. And then the Dontaku match had gone even longer than that. It was about 38 minutes. And then the question is, can 
can they wrap this up within 30, given how long their matches are going? Was a very, very slow start. And to be fair, a lot of New Japan main events start slow. But they were working it so slowly that I was convinced that they were going to go the full 30. But in spite of that, I still found it quite compelling. And not a lot happens in the first 15 minutes, but they were working the crowds. They had the crowd on the palm of their hands. And by the time we got 15 minutes in, and, and you know, that's not something I want to hand wave, Damon, the fact that I'm saying the first 15 minutes of this match, nothing really happens. I mean, that's the conversation that we should probably have here. But nevertheless, 15 minutes in, they really kicked it into a high gear. And from that point on, the time flew by for me. There was that moment where they were having the strike exchange and Okada just screamed at Sonata to like basically bring it. I need to see Sonata doing stuff like that. I want to see Sonata screaming at someone, getting someone's face and screaming some obscenities at him. And Okada's selling was so good that I was actually buying a tap out to the skull end. Crowd noise was unreal. Everyone's stamping their feet. And then that incredible moment in the closing of the match where we got the pop-up TKO, which is a really cool looking move. Like personally, I think that would be a much better finisher for Sonata than the skull end or the moonsault. And that was a little callback, the TK callback to um, Invasion Attack 2016, which was Sonada's shock debut in the company where he interfered in the Okada-Naito match, gave Okada the TKO, and ultimately that led to Naito winning his first and only IWGP heavyweight title reign. So that was a nice little touch there. And then in those closing few seconds when they were saying there's 30 seconds left, and he went up and he did the moonsault onto Okada's back. And then he went up for the second moonsault. I was screaming at my laptop, Damon. I was like, no, you idiot. What are you doing? Pin him. Because I thought I thought that was it. That was going to be the mistake. He'd run out of time as he was on the top rope. Or time would run out as he hits the second moonsault. So I just found this incredibly dramatic. Because, you know, he's going up to the top rope. And you're thinking back at all those other matches. So Wrestling Don Taku 2016. Okada wins. G1 Climax 2016, Okada wins. G1 Climax 2017, Okada wins. New Beginning Osaka 2018, Okada wins. New Japan Cup Final 2019, Okada wins. Wrestling Dontaku 2019, Okada wins. So we got G1 Climax 2019. Got an overly confident, but physically battered Okada. Finally taking his first L in this series against Sanada. I thought this was Sanada's best match. I thought this is one of the best matches of the tournament. And Okada has done a great job this year in helping to get Sanada to reach that next level. And I know jury's out for a lot of Western fans, but you can't sit here and watch this and say that he's got no charisma or passion or he's a bad wrestler. Then we must be watching a different guy because here it seemed to me that, again, for the domestic crowd at least, Sanada put everything together here. Yeah, this match especially. This, I have no complaints about this match. Yes, the beginning was a little bit slow. Um, there were times where I were I I I will admit I was digging for my phone, right? But we did a pickup. It did. It really delivered in that dramatic pro wrestling sense. Uh, and 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 hats off to Kevin Kelly and Rocky and Chris for helping drive home the urgency and 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 the and the panic 
of Okada almost tapping out, right? And I, me too. When he got him in like the second and third time, I'm like, because again, it feels like that they've been doing that a lot in the sense of having to hit big moves twice, or you know, it's not always the first time getting locking something in that they get the guy to tap. You know, they, they got to go to the well again. And when they do it and they lock it in the middle of the ring, yeah, there were a couple times where Red Shoes just like right in his face and the hands going down and the hands going down. And you're like, he's going to, he's just, he's going to tap or he's going to, you know, do the old, I passed out and to kind of, you know, have him get out of not having to tap. And then he goes to the moonsault and hits it. Well, the first one he missed, right? Didn't he, didn't he get the legs up, right? Um, and then they went back. To yeah, him, when Nakata yeah. got the knees up, I was like, oh, that's it. He's fucked it now. Right, right. Um, so in that sense, there was a lot of drama going in. So if you like the dramatic pro wrestling, uh, yeah, I think I think this delivered big time. Um, yeah, this was Sonata's best match in the tournament. The, uh, and, and again, the last, I'll go five minutes, maybe even eight minutes, this is the Sonata we all want and want to see. Um, and it delivered. And, and it, it was compelling. And it did have you at the edge of your seat. Um, so you know it's in him. And you know he has it. And you know it's there. Um, I would love to see it more often. But uh, look, in, in a bubble, this match I think was great. Am I excited for this match coming up? Not yet. No, I'm not. And you know what's going to happen. I, I can't yeah, see. Yeah, so a question. Uh, so Keegan says, with Sonata finally oh. beating Okada, do we get another Sonata-Okada title match? Do we really need to see Sonata lose to Okada again? It's the year of the quadrilogy, isn't it? Especially if we're doing Ibushi-Naito again. And yeah, if you're going to say the same thing as me, this was exciting because the result was somewhat up in the air. But if we do Destruction or King of Pro Wrestling with Sonata challenging for Okada, we all know he's not going to win that. Right. And it's going to be long, and there's no real drama there, and I, I don't want to see it. Right. Which is weird to say, praising this match so much, but knowing I don't want to see it again. Right. That's that. That's what I. That's unfortunately what I have. I have this great match, and and please for those people who are like, oh, they shoot on Sonata. Okay, this match was fucking great, great. But now what? Now you're going to get hopefully a good match. Great match, I'd be thrilled with. He's going to lose again. Again. So I go back to to an argument that I had opening up this show. Wouldn't have been better to have Will win. Will wins, beats Okada, gets a nice little rub, and he challenges for that title. And him losing is going to do more good than harm. Sonata losing again? Is that going to do more good than harm? I think it's going to do more harm. Look, there's no one sitting here listening to this show that thinks Sonata is going to win this match. No one. I don't. I, is that a good thing for Sonata? Again, match aside, this was great. His hometown, the crowd was into it. The lights, you know, the you know, the, everybody turning on their phone at the end. Great moment. For what? Is it his hometown? Wasn't I don't it? think it is his hometown. Oh, that's not his hometown. No. Oh, okay. What the, what the fuck am I talking about? Felt like it. Well, but yeah, no, you you are right. That that post match promo that also felt very special. Where everyone got their lights out, and it just the words that he was saying are so simple, 
But that moment when he said that he built up to it and he said, I love this place. Right. That arena fucking erupted. Yep. They were beside themselves with joy. And you watch, you watch that. Don't watch that and tell me that this guy's not a star in Japan. He is. He absolutely is. And which leads to my point again. You're going to have him lose again? Who's he? What is he? The next Goto? He's not winning the title. I don't know. That 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 one has me scratching my head. Is he popular? Yes. And don't give me he's the, that that show when they do it, it's going to sell out regardless. You know what I mean? I don't think Sonata Niigata. is. He's from Niigata. Okay. All right. Which so. is usually where they do the New Japan Cup finals. Gotcha. Right. My bad. Um, it's going to sell out anyway. So I mean, I don't know. I just I think I think having him lose hurts him more than. Than anything else. And that's what sucks. That's what sucks. Let's move on to... Oh, well, I've got a question for you, actually. I was thinking, where would you rank Okada in your rest of the year at this point? What kind, what kind of year is Kazuchika Okada having? I think a very good year, right? Like a real good year. Fuck, a great year. He's in the mix. He might be my number... For New Japan, he might be my number three guy. He might be my number three guy. Like, if I'm doing year-end awards right now, I would probably go Will, Shingo, Okada. I'd have to have a look at his singles matches, but there was the Jay White match. Which was great. Which was terrific. The New Japan cut run was very, very good. Madison Square Garden. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got to be up there. I mean, this G1 has been pretty great. That Will yeah. Ospreay match alone was pretty fucking tremendous. This match was pretty tremendous. Both two different matches. The the one in Dallas against Tanahashi, while it wasn't the greatest Tanahashi Okada match, was still pretty fucking great. The Dontaku match and the Dominion match weren't great. So the Sonata, the, the Sonata title challenge and the Jericho match. Choco match was all right. It was okay. It wasn't great. It was okay. And, and, and as a matter of fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but when we talk about Jericho matches in New Japan, it's probably the one where everyone was like, ah, I think we this, the ship has sailed on this one, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Do you find, do you still find Okada exciting and compelling as IWGP heavyweight champion? Yes. To me, he is, without question, head and shoulders above everybody else in that company. He just is. He has a presence. He has a, a feeling. Like, when he has that title, it feels right. It feels right. Um, but does do you find the title defenses exciting? Oh, yeah. Given that he's he's beaten everyone. I do. And, I, and, I, and again, that was a big challenge that we had earlier in the year of, okay, now... Who does he beat? Like, who's the next challenger? How, you know? And again, I think all roads lead. Well, he's got two options to me. He's got Abushi and he's got um, Naito. I mean, that to me, those are the two that I I would kind of pigeonhole out that have still have a lot left on the shelf, right? When it comes to challengers, um, I still think that, that we have a Will Osprey match in there. I still think we have a Kenta match in there, to be honest. Um, so. Yeah, I think there's I think there's plenty that he can dip into. And that's again another reason why I'm like 
I, I understand he's popular, and, but, but it kind of has me scratching my head with Sonata. And I don't think we're done with Jay White either. I don't think we're done with Jay White either. So, I mean, there's a lot that he can dip into. No, I, th- I feel like he's, he's the best fit for that title. Absolutely. Just excellent crowds all around for this show. And the, the next night as well, which is... Well, let's go on to that. So this was also in Osaka, Sunday, August the 4th. And our first block match was Tomohiro Ishii defeating Toriyano in 9 minutes 36 with a vertical drop brain buster. Nine minutes? In an honest-to-God wrestling match. Yeah. We had at the start, Yano brought his chair out and he was sitting on the chair on the ramp and Ishii just totally no-sold that and ignored him. And Yano had to run back in the ring, which I thought was really funny. And then Yano just had a wrestling match. We had strong star Yano. I thought this is really good. But it's different, right? Again, I don't know if I want this every match, but you know he's been he's he's made it fun. Again, nine minutes, okay, that can get old. But yeah, he you know he's doing his amateur style and is uh, going back to his roots. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I, I'm happy with Ishii getting a win here. Uh, what does Yano have? How many what points does Yano have? Four. Yano has six points. Six. Wow. Ishii's got eight. I was. Ju- it just reminded me of. Um, was it Mr. Fuji who used to rib everyone back in the day in WWF? Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who it who it was who was telling this anecdote. And they were on a flight, and he was convinced that Mr. Fuji was going to do some sort of elaborate rib on him, and so he was just nervous the whole flight, looking at Mr. Fuji, checking his bag, checking all his stuff, expecting something to come. And then at the end of the flight. Nothing has seemed to happen. And then Mr. Fuji said, sometimes the best rib is no rib at all. That's right. Which reminded me a bit of this Yano match. So, you know, sometimes the best trick is not having a trick at all. But having said that, you lost the match. So I'm talking <laughs> rubbish. Oh, no. Actually, you know what? My, one of my favorite shows, uh, not that you would ever know, it, is, is uh, MASH. And that was, a, that, was a, that was an episode centered around that where BJ Honeycutt uh, tried to get a prank over on Hawkeye. But... The prank was that everybody else was in on the pranks that they all got to kind of have him be paranoid that he was the next one to get pranked, and that was the prank. So there you go. Thank you, everyone. A little MASH history for you. <laughs> okay, great. Um, Joby One Kenobi says, Hey, it occurs to me that Yano has never used trickery and wackiness to win a singles title. It seems to me that the old no. No, SMT... What's SMT? Sublime Master Thief would be a perfect transitional champ. What are no, your thoughts? No, no. You got, what, what gold are you going to put on his waist? Honestly, aside from something like the Never Six Man title or the or the tag title, you're not giving him. Why so would you wouldn't you? have him as a Never Champion? No singles titles. Go down that roster, Joel. And, and again, we're sitting here talking about Evil taking an excursion. We're talking about Sonata. You know what I mean? Like, if, if those two aren't getting titles, I'm not giving it to Yano. Hmm. That's that. That's, <laughs> that answers your question. I mean, am I wrong? I'm not wrong. No, I, no, no. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think there is a certain amount of value on those singles titles being put on the right guy at the right time with the right kind of match, which elevates everyone. But I think Yano winning any of them would take it down a significant notch. Agreed. Okay, so our next match then was Taichi beating Juice Robinson in 12 minutes, 28 seconds with the Black Mephisto. So we got lots of shenanigans here. 
and the rule coming up where anything you do out of the ring is okay. As long as you don't break the rules in the ring, you're fine. But you can hit people with chairs and do whatever the fuck you like as long as it's on the outside. So if you go on the outside of the ring, then <laughs> all bets are off. And we had, I, I just like the spot in here with the whiskey where Juice punched Kanemaru in the face and the whiskey went everywhere. But then Taichi got Juice with the whiskey. And then it was quite funny in the post-match comments when Taichi was talking about that. And he says, Nobu's whiskey was the most painful thing he's ever experienced. And alcohol is the strongest weapon in the world and is one of their parejas, which I'm sure you'd agree with, Damon. Oh, boy, that question. It's a killer. It's like napalm. <laughs> it's a killer. I, I hate it so much. But yet I go back to it every weekend. What, do I, what am I thinking? It's those Sunday mornings. Ooh, those Sunday mornings. So what did you think of Juice versus Tai Chi? It was fine. Look, I can't. I watched three shows in all Sunday. Caught up on everything. Um, I can't say this was one of my favorites. It's just, you know, you're right. I understand the fact that it's like they give them leeway outside the ring. You know, they don't want to have a match end in disqualification. But let's be honest here. Enough. It becomes overkill. It becomes overkill talking about it. can't imagine listening to it. Unbelievable. So, yeah, it's all right. It's fine. Okay, and our next match there. Oh, uh, yeah, we got uh, Hiroki Goto versus Jeff Cobb. With Goto winning in 11 minutes 20 with the GTR. And it's one of those matches that when it comes up on the screen, Hiroki Goto versus Jeff Cobb, you're like, I swear we've seen this one already. Perhaps seven times. That you... <laughs> yeah, but in the G1. You're like, Didn't we have this one in, like last week? Um <laughs> But yeah, I know this is the third match that these two have had together um, over the past year or two. Again, lots of beef, beefy boys. I like this match. I thought it was the best match that they've had, probably because it was shorter. Um, There's not really much more to say about it. You you were looking forward to this one, though. Like, give me a... Was I? I thought so. You were like, uh, you know, Jeff Cobb, uh, if he's going to have a good match, he's going to be against guys like this. Uh, yeah. No, I, Jeff Cobb, I think, is better against smaller guys who can fly around the ring and bump for him. That's true, too. I don't think he's as good in the Beefy Boys matches as you think he should be by looking at his physical appearance. Right, okay. And like I said, these two have had, they've had two matches before, and neither of them lived up to my expectations. So it was at that point that I thought, mm, okay, Jeff Cobb isn't the kind of wrestler that I thought he was. Yeah, I think did this did this expose it for you? Is this? Do you think this G one confirmed it? Yeah, yeah. but I, I I know what Jeff Cobb is now. Uh, I know that he is someone who has a great offensive arsenal of suplexes, but he's also somewhat limited physically because he's a really large man and he is not as athletic in sort of the, the sort of responses. Uh, what, what am I trying to say? Reflexes. Mm-hmm. The bump, Flexibility. Bumping, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and his cardio, he, he gets tired quickly because he's a massive guy mm-hmm. and that's to be expected. So again, I, I say it all the time, the best kind of Jeff Cobb match, 10 minute sprint against a guy like a Will Ospreay or an Adam Page where he is throwing them all around the ring. Yes or no? Is he back next year? 
Do I think he'll be... Would I invite him back? Mm, I don't think he's done enough to demand, to, to warrant a place next year. If he's back, I'd be like, okay, yeah, fair enough. He hasn't been terrible, mm. but he hasn't been great either. Give me a letter grade. C plus, B minus. Okay. All right. If, if, would I rather have him than Makabe? Yes. Or Yoshihashi? I would, yeah. Or Fale, yes. Yoshihashi? You would rather have Jeff Cobb over Yoshihashi? Honestly, I've got them about level pegging right Right. now. Oof. Oof. In his his block. Lowest. In terms of my personal enjoyment. Correct. Probably. Okay. But that's not because I think he's terrible. It just happens to be a block, a really stacked block with lots of guys who whose work I enjoy more than Jeff Cobb. Right. So when I do the notes for, you know, when I send it over to Dan so they can upload, I'm going to put, and Joel Berry's Jeff Cobb. <laughs> Don't, because he'll, he'll do a vanity search. Is he a vanity search kind of guy? Me. Yeah, I think he is. Really? Ah, oh, that's a shame. And again, hey, listen, C plus, B minus, that's a good grade. It's a good grade. What about you? Give me your assessment so far. We have a few people asking questions, actually. South Dakota Ibushi says, do you think Jeff Cobb's G1 has been disappointing because New Japan fans expect a guy with his body type to give us a big, beefy, strong style match when in reality he prefers to work an American indie big man flippy-do match? And Mike says, given the discussion of a disappointing G1 for Jeff Cobb and an understanding of what Farley brings in the tournament... Okay, no, let me save that question for afterwards. You, you tell me what you I think, think about Jeff Cobb. I think, well, I'll, I'll, I'll beat you to, to the punch. I think Jeff Cobb has, has, a better, has had a better G1 than Fale. Um I would say that, to me, the matches feel a little bit repetitive. They feel a little bit, you know what you're getting with a Jeff Cobb match. Um, I don't think they've been, I, I don't think they've been terrible. There's not one Jeff Cobb match, though, that I would say, okay, I'm going to watch it again. You know what I mean? Given everything that's already, that we've gotten, there's not one match where I'm kind of like, oh, let me let me hop in again and, and watch that Jeff Cobb match again. That's not happening. Um, would I invite him back? He would be one of the guys that would definitely be on the bubble of, okay, who else is available? Who else is out there? And would I would I bring that person into G one? Um, I think there's a lot of names right now in that block and in the tournament as a whole that I think have had a better tournament. Um, he would be if I had to rank all of them, he would be toward the bottom of the pile. Um, again, I think I think a I think a C is where I would stick him. C. Uh, nothing, nothing offensive, nothing horrible, but certainly nothing that stands out, and nothing that um, I would go back and watch again. That's for sure. Mike's question was: Who would you most like to realistically see in their spots instead? Like, if we take out a, a Cobb or Farley, whatever. Uh, he suggested Brody King is a name he's thrown out there. So, would you rather have Brody King or Jeff Cobb? I would give. I would give. Brody King the chance. Um, again, the, the body of work 
for Brody King is really limited to Ring of Honor stuff that I've seen, and it hasn't been a ton. And he did impress for the little bit that he was in the ring um, a couple months ago in New Japan, and everybody was like, put him in G1, put him in G1. Uh, I would give him a shot. Um, is there anybody else out there? I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of guys in New Japan. Let's put it this way: Would you rather have had Jeff Cobb, or would you rather have had? And I know you're not going to be able to do it now, but would you rather have had uh, Yuji Nagata in there? Oh, definitely Nagata. Yeah. You, you you go to watch that New Japan Cup match where we had Nagata against uh, Ishii, and he still got it. Could he do it the whole night? Could he do it the whole tournament? I think if he needed to, yeah. He doesn't want to do it anymore. I think that's asking but... a lot. That's asking a lot. Yeah. That's asking a lot. I mean, that's the main reason why you don't have Suzuki in there. Because you would have diminishing returns. You'd get maybe one good match, one really solid, great match out of Suzuki. And the rest would be walking brawls, plunders, chair shots, nonsense, bullshit. You know that's true. How about, the, yeah. how about David Boy Smith Jr.? I know, I know there's a lot of heat there and you know, not a lot of uh, camaraderie. I would have thought he would have done real well. I would have loved to have seen him in a nice little single spot. That might, have, might that might be one. But to answer the question for Jeff Cobb, uh, he's he would be the one guy that he would be of the guys. He he'd be one of them on the bubble. Um, okay performance, C performance, nothing that stood out. Next match was Jay White defeating John Moxley in 15 minutes 15 with a Blade Runner. What did you think about this one? I like the dynamic of it, and I think it's. Very significant. Again, we talked about Moxley getting his first loss against Yano, and it was kind of a bullshit thing and a screwy thing and the tape and all that. So you kind of overlooked it. Look, I, there is significance to me for having, if and when he did, eat a pinfall against Jay White. That's significant. So as much as like we could sit here and say, ugh, I love to see no bullshit. I love to see really, you know, okay, it is what it is with that. The truth of the matter is, though, is that the company is still very high on him. And I think it's very significant that his first pinfall loss, John's first pinfall loss, was against Jay White. Um, I thought it was good. I, I liked it. I liked the energy that it brought. I still say John Moxley is a star, and getting a pinfall is significant. Um, I, he brings in energy, he brings um, excitement. It's 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 different. I love the way the match started, where Moxley just was like, "Okay, coming out of the you know out of the crowd, taking off my jacket, and I'm starting to swing." And here we go. Um, so I kind of liked that dynamic of it. I don't think it was the best match of the show, obviously, but I think um, again, I, I I was more excited by the fact that wow, you know, it's it's Jay White who gets that first pinfall. Yeah, the first pinfall on John Moxley since he left. WWE you know if you look at within the whole uh, broader spectrum of John Moxley working all these other companies and you see by comparison a guy like Pac who would not lose to anyone in those independent matches because he was saving himself to eat that pinfall against Ben K at Kobe World and you had John Moxley 
hottest star in wrestling, all these big AEW programs lined up, and it's Jay White who gets the first pin on him. Yeah. It does speak volumes, doesn't it? I can't, I can't stress that enough, uh, the significance of, of Jay White it being the first guy to get the pinfall. There were some cool moments in it. I like uh, Gato stealing Moxley's table. And just the way it was worked, you kind of felt like Jay was almost the underdog and that he had to throw all of his moves at Moxley to win. And it was quite memorable, the bit where John Moxley throws up the middle fingers before the bloody Sunday Blade Runner at the end. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Anders says, what are your overall thoughts on Moxley in NJPW? And uh, Andrew says, we think in Mox... Could be a good title challenger should Naito win it all. Dominion level. Also, could Shota's association with him be in place of an excursion as an alternative way to learn? So, uh, what do you think on Moxley in New Japan so far? I think he's been great. I don't. I don't. I can't imagine. Any, I can't imagine anybody being disappointed by his run. Um, he's got a yeah, new I have my reservations at the start, but he's won me over. I think he's been terrific. Yep. I. Th- I think it's been nothing but a plus. I mean, you literally have the hottest, hottest guy in pro wrestling in your promotion. And, and they've done a lot with him, and it's been fun. It's been completely entertaining. Um, the matches have been good, you know, for what they are. You're not going to get, you know, multi-star Okada, Tanahashi. But, you know, you're getting, you're getting wild and woolly brawls. And that's kind of what you signed up for. Um, the excursion thing, I don't think he's going to AEW. I don't think we'll see that. Um, and a title shot, yeah. He's a perfect guy to, for a title shot. And I think eventually we would see that. I don't know how they would work that from a booking perspective. Um, I'm sure something would have to be worked out in advance. But, yeah, I think he's still a shot. I mean, maybe. Makes sense in retrospect, wouldn't it, if you do have Naito going all the way in the G1 and everyone's going, ah, Moxley beat Naito, what's going on? Right. But then... Right. If you look at it with Naito running the table in the remainder of his matches, then you got two nice little briefcase challenges. You could do Tai Chi at Destruction and then Moxley at King of Pro Wrestling. King of Pro Wrestling. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Okay. I'd be down and for that. And then there, there is that, that little bit of doubt that you think... There is. Mm. There is. For the f- mm. Yep. Yep. Listen, at least, at least there is that. That sliver. More than a sliver. Where you could be like, all right. Uh, would they do this? I mean, he is a big name, dome, blah blah blah, all that nonsense. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, and that's always good. Again, we say it a thousand times, but the best part about it is when you don't know, and that's what makes G one interesting, and that's what makes a, a, a title defense interesting is when you know, there's a sliver of doubt. Um, and again, that's why I think we spend a lot of time kind of hammering home that okay, great match from Sonata and Okada, but now what? Let's talk about the main event, which was Tetsuya Naito defeating Shingo Takagi in 27 minutes 15 with the Destino. Oh boy, this match. This fucking match. This was (laughs) outstanding. Just the dynamics here were great. You got Naito being the smug troll, just winding up Shingo, who's getting angrier and angrier. Naito doing the tranquilo pose, Shingo throwing a chair at him just because he hates Lucha that much. The lariats we talked about, we, we got lariats galore here. Just incredible athleticism. The, the bit where Shingo was going for that super power bomb and then Naito transitioned out into it. the Hurricane Rana. Yeah. 
man alive. And he did that in the G1 final 2017 against Kenny Omega. The margin for error on a move like that is so slim. One false movement, one wrong move, and you're fucked. Yeah. And there are people saying that Naito's banged up and he can't wrestle at a high level anymore. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is great. Wait, yeah. There's so many great moments in there. Uh, Last the Dragon counting into the, the little half Destino thing. When Naito went for the Destino and Shingo just lariated the fuck out of him again. The little strike exchange at the end where Naito slapped him. Ah, oh, just this was everything that I love about New Japan. This was fucking great. Yep. This this was. This was fucking great. Um arguably my favorite match of the tournament. Um I mean it's right up there. Again, the two the two weakling juniors, the two uh four four pointers putting on just outstanding matches against again, significantly the top stars in the company. Right. It's great that Will and Shingo can have a great best of the Super Juniors final and have that on a very big stage. Outstanding. But to have these type of matches against the best that the company has, their top stars, speaks volumes. Unbelievable. Joel, I'm, I swear to God, I don't know how they, could, they can't make this guy these two guys, look, I think I think Naito is winning this title. I think he's winning the title. Um, but Shingo's, it, it, the, he's in his 30s. So, again, it, it's not like you have the time to slow build like a juice or, you know, will or, you know, they got to do something with this guy. He is just too talented. He, again, to me, he checks all the fucking boxes. He's brutal and mean and 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 he emotes. Um he he sells. Oh, he and his offense is just fucking deadly. And it's exciting and it's an innovative and dangerous and hard hitting and fast and sudden. Look, I could go sit here all day with the with the with the positive adjectives. To me, he is a gem, and right now, just one of the. Let's put it this way: he is one of those guys that I go out of my way to watch. Um, they have a star. They have a star right there. And again, he helped make. You know, he. It wasn't like you know he just fell off an apple truck. He's he's you know he's been a name in this business for for quite a few years. He just has a big bigger stage to play in. And, uh, you know, guys that are at the top of their game as well, which makes it so much more interesting. Look, I went, I went to full marks. I, uh, to me, this was, aside from Osprey and Okada, I think this was my second favorite match of the tournament. And you're right. He's, the guy's got two more matches that, that potentially on paper just feel great. And you know what? Let's give full marks to Naito, too, who, again, yeah, People are are questioning his health and his ability, and, and and maybe even his willingness to go. I think they can. You can all put that right in the fucking trash because this match was great. It was outstanding. Both guys look better after, and and I, you know, for all those people that were were you know crying, and their hearts were breaking over the Naito start, and they're gonna fuck Naito and all this shit. 
Well, again, I think Joel hit the nail on the head in, in the sense of, boy, they're going to make you suffer. They're going to make you suffer, and then it's going to pay off in the end. John asks, I appreciate Kevin Kelly's knowledge and enthusiasm, but his drawn-out destino call is getting annoying. Actually, that's not a question. That's a statement. Do you agree with John? Yeah. It's not my favorite. But, you know, I understand why he does it. That's fine. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah. I agree with John. Let's put it that way. V Trigger Elite says, what do you see happening with Shingo post G1? He's better than Sonata and Evil, but does New Japan put him below them in the pecking order as they continue this whole junior transitioning to a heavyweight narrative, even though we all know he was never a junior to begin with? So what on earth do you do with someone like Shingo Takagi over the next six months? Um, to me, it's, you know, you could start with tag. You could start there. Um, you could start never. He's gotta he's he's gotta be a focal point for this promotion. That's that's my only thing. Um he can't be mid card buried guy. He's gotta be a guy that they do something with because there's just too much talent. Um there's too much excitement and there's too much energy around him that um I, and again he's he to me he is a, a rare guy where every little nook and cranny of of Japanese pro wrestling fandom People can get behind again. The purists, the Enochiists, the 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 guys who like the the flippy junior high spots, the guys who like the stiff lariats, the guys who like compelling pro wrestling. Every fan that you know, every every little nook and cranny, he can do the comedy. He's one guy that that checks all the boxes, and I think it would be a sad mistake to miss the boat on him. Carl says, my question, do Joel and Damon have a list of their top five matches of the tournament so far? Um, he's just asking where, he just wants to know what best matches are I mean, so far. This, in, this, this is one of them, you've, right? You've already talked about some. Yeah, Shingo mm-hmm. and Naito. Okada, Naito. Or Okada, uh, Will, my bad. Um, I think Abushi Tanahashi's on that list. Um, mm-hmm. What uh, what else we got? Just give me another one. Osprey Bushi was great. Osprey. Shingo Taichi was great. Yeah, there's been a lot. Archer Osprey. Yep, from night one. A lot you can sink your teeth into. You know, let's put it this way: there's more stuff that I'm like, ah, oh, that was really good, as opposed to stuff where I'm ready to hit the fast forward button. I'll, I'll give you that. I think this tournament to me has been one of the best ever. Hmm. Totally agree. Um, we'll see what we've got coming up on Wednesday and Thursday in Shizuoka and Kanagawa. I think we've got a fairly good idea of... Well, actually, do we? I don't know if we do have a very, fairly good idea of what's panning out. What's your gut reaction? Super Jacob's gun to your heads. Who's our, our two finalists going to be? Because it just seems like Naito yeah. Ibushi, doesn't it? It does now, yeah. Yeah, being that my original pick Tanahashi is uh, no longer in the mix. Yeah, I think I think all signs point to Abushi Naito. Yeah. So on Wednesday we have got Sonata versus Lance Archer, Tanahashi versus Fale, Osprey versus Kenta, Ibushi versus ZSJ, and Okada versus Evil. Anything jumping out at you there? Any of those matches exciting you? Zach Ibushi. I think Evil Okada be very good. I really do. I think they. they do you think have... Evil gets a win? No. Do you? I mean, mathematically, I guess nobody needs to, right? Okada can 
stay where he's at, no. or does he need to lose? No, he doesn't need to lose. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think those two matches on paper are the ones I'm most. Even was it Kenta who Kenta against um... Osprey? That's pretty interesting, don't you think? That could be fun. Very interesting. Yeah. That could be really good. Yeah, those three sound really good. And Thursday, B block we got Yano Taichi, Cobb Naito, Goto Moxley, Juice J White, and Ishii Shingo. So those top two matches yeah. are very mouthwatering because the Juice J White match from was it Long Beach? Yeah, I think it was Long was Beach. Really I want to say was it was either Long Beach or yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, was it Cow Palace? Eh, I mean, I count them. I don't know. It yeah, doesn't matter. West but Coast. that was fucking great. And Ishii Shingo. Yeah. Hose me down, Damon. You know that's going to be good. These are the two, arguably the two best performers in this G1. Yeah. That's going to be fucking amazing. I mean, what's the, what's the, what, uh, would, what's the, what's the ceiling? Four and a half? You mean the floor? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, the floor. Yeah, yeah. Ceiling's four, five. The My, floor, four yeah. and a half. Yeah. I, I cannot see this going lower than four and a half. Oof, that's going to be fucking great. Yeah, that one's going to be great. All right, that's good. Uh, Connell says, what is the likelihood of Jay White beating Naito on the last night of B-Block and going into the final to face Ibushi? White would get serious heat for knocking off Naito and fans would demand blood via Kamigoya as revenge. I can't rule that out because that's a, a relatively protected matchup, mm-hmm. Naito-Ibushi, and it would make sense for the dynamics of the final. And... The only thing that's given me pause there would be Ibushi would have to win that. And then are you going back to Ibushi Okada at the Dome where you've just had it in your A block final? And I don't think you do do that. So I still think Naito's winning. Me too. And boy, oh boy, that final. I mean, there is is an expectation of a final really delivering a banger. And I I have reservations with Jay White in that role. I mean, not that he couldn't do it, just more along the lines of, you know, you know, everything that we talked about. So that would that would have me concerned. Um, so I'm going to go with the easier, safer bet. JDM says, are we approaching a point where the Naito arc is actually holding back the development of fresh main event stars? I don't think so at all. Because you've got guys like Ibushi coming through, you've got Osprey coming through, you've got Shingo coming through. Moxley made a star of himself. I think there's a lot more to do with Kenta. So Lance. even if you do, yeah, even if you go full steam ahead with Naito winning the G1 and getting the belt at the Tokyo Dome, I don't feel that is detracting from any of those guys that I've just mentioned. And I think you could, you know, you've got those three 36-year-olds, belt them all up. You have Shingo with an ever title, give him a monster run with that belt. Make that belt mean something. Give Ibushi, he gets the IC title again. That's the one that he wanted. Let him have his uh, historic run with that. Let him, you know, beat guys like Tanahashi where he can ascend to be the top guy in Hontai. And then Naito can have his run with the IWGP heavyweight title. So I I think there is space to have more than one star in the company. And I don't think the Naito arc is done at the expense of anyone else. I do too. And, And again, we haven't even mentioned, you know, Okada still trying to get the gold again. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's not going to be a one and done. So yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways they can go with that. 
Sean says, I can't shake the idea of Okada winning the G1, choosing Naito after failing to win B-Block and telling him to put his money where his mouth is with the dual champion stuff. I know it's silly, but it's been a while since their last match and this now seems likely to me. Thoughts? I don't think you do that just because I think it makes Naito look weak if he can't even win his own block, but you're expected to think of him as a credible challenger at the Tokyo Dome. Agree, 100%. And that's really the main reason why. Uh, Jonathan says, overall, who's disappointed you this G1 and who surprised you? Um, surprises. We talked about the disappointments already. Who surprised me? Hmm. Just leaving a nice long string of dead air. Yeah. No one's really surprised me because the people that I've expected to do well have done well. I expected... Mm. Lance? I don't know. Yeah, no, because I knew he'd be good. Mm-hmm. Sanada? Sanada's good, though. I'll tell you who yeah. surprised me. And again, it's not really surprise. Maybe that's a bad word, but I've gotten more enjoyment out of Yana. Mm-hmm. He's kept it fresh, hasn't he? When I thought he was running out of material. Right. And he's got big wins over Naito, mm-hmm. Jay White, mm-hmm. and John Moxley. Right. So that is a surprise. Yeah, I'll go Yano. Yano be my pick. Mm. And PD Backman says, which old G1s do you recommend going back and watching? I started watching in 2016, so I've only seen the last three tournaments. So Damon, as our resident historian, are there any other G1 climaxes that stick out in your memory as being worth going back and checking out. 14 always seemed to be like the bar, right? 14 was good. Um, 25 was good. That was um, the finals. The semifinals were AJ and... Um, was it AJ Tanahashi and Okada Nakamura with the uh, finals being Tanahashi Nakamura. Um, like, But here's the thing. You're never going to go wrong. With, with G1, especially like the last nights. I mean, you could go back to the Muda wins, the Chono wins. You could go um, Nagata wins, um, early Tanahashi wins. Like, you'll never be disappointed in the sense of, yeah, okay, you don't want to go in the middle of, the, of, a, of a, you know, night four, you know. In nineteen or in two thousand and three, might not be the best fucking show in the world. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, uh, literally, you could start at two thousand and fourteen, and maybe even thirteen. To be honest with you, and you're not going to be disappointed. And and watch the entire run there. <laughs> I mean, it's arguably some of the best pro wrestling you'll you'll see. Um, but even so, again, you can go into, you know, early two thousands and, and the main events and the finals are usually really strong. Anyway, Tenzan in there in the mix, Nakanishi even in the mix for a lot of these, um, they're not horrible. And, and that's me saying it, not the best. Like if I had to do the worst, I would say like in that, in that world, in that, you know, early two thousands, not the, not, if we're ranking G ones, um, but even then there's gems in there too. So, um, you're not going to go wrong. You could go through the entire run. And watch every final, and I don't think you'll be like, "Eh, that sucked. That ain't happening. Before we get out of here, I do want to give a big plug to Editor Dan and 
his debut EP, Pariah, yeah. which is coming out very soon. And there's a little teaser that they put up on their Facebook page that I'm going to share out. I'll stick it up on the Twitter that, you know, of course, we love Dan because of the work that he does. But I can separate those two things and say that this music is fucking great. I really, really like it. And, you know, I'm not the, the music guy on this podcast, but even I can appreciate good music when I hear it, Damon. Yep, it's guitar-based. It's, it's modern guitar-based with a, with, a, with a definite tip of the cap to, again, the, the, the British 2000 rock bands, uh, your Arctic Monkeys, stuff like that. Um, look, I love it. I think it's good. Uh, I wholeheartedly recommend you give it a listen if you're into that kind of scene. Uh, yep, and it, and it just came out the other day. Uh, so please give it a listen. Help support Dan. Uh, he would love to see lots of views and lots of listens. Share it with all your friends and get the word out about Escape the Box and our good friend and editor and Hall of Famer, Dan the Man, editing it up for this fine podcast. Yeah, please give him a follow on at Escape the Box UK on Twitter. He would really appreciate that and appreciate your feedback. And you can also join our Discord where you can... It's just it's a great experience for me, David, watching these G1 shows live and being on the Discord and chatting with people as it happens. And that really enhanced my enjoyment of the Okada-Sanada matches where everyone's there sharing their excitement together and it i definitely got a lot more out of it from uh, being a part of that so definitely recommend everyone else joining the conversation and you know we got some heavy hitters on that discord we, we got wh part there yeah. we got john carroll of wrestling omakaze uh who's post there as well um me you all uh nicole all the just the biggest stars of the new japan podcasting world the super j cast hall of fame so get involved Keep it, out, strong style. <laughs> keep it, keep it yes, a strong style. Keep it a strong style. Yeah, Jeremy. You know? Yeah. So, Jeremy from uh, Keeping It Strong Style. Is there. And listen, there, we know that there's some people that are in there that, uh, you know, they don't want their names to be named, but uh, we know that we got a couple other people in there that uh, uh, it'd be interesting if, if, if uh, the, you know, the uh, tell all autobiography were ever released um, who, who are in the Discord. So, uh, uh, again, if you want to talk New Japan Pro Wrestling, I feel like that's uh, a great place for you to be. And not just New Japan, we've got a lot of people who are really knowledgeable about Joshi, a lot of yeah. really pretty hardcore DDT fans as well, which has uh, surprised a few people. So, uh, I, yeah, you can talk about uh, Bubble Tea with me. So there you go. Link to the Discord is in the show notes. Please support us. You can buy one of our T-shirts, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash superjcast. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review and some kind words on iTunes, which helps us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye.